a second. Yeah, 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 I'm coming. Hold on. Ron? What are you doing here? There's something I need to tell you. Are we alone? Quick, grab anything you can. We gotta go. Is there a back door? They're coming. They're coming. Oh god, they're here. Go. Damn this wicked planet. Welcome to the Wicked Planet Podcast, episode 91. We are coming at you once again from the haunted garage in an undisclosed location known to nobody but myself and Ron, deep within the vast rolling hills, water streams, meadows, and wildlife. Tonight, we talk about the most important things you've ever heard of in your entire life. And we are also joined once again by the deranged conspiracy Theorist, doctor, slash priest, Anonymous Sean. But before we get to all of that, you know him as Ron from New England. Others know him as the Deep Sea Biscuit. Some as the Wobbly Wiener. But his friends and family know him best as the man who started a brewery named Jews and Brews. Ron, what's going on? I don't know. Same old stuff's going on. Same old, same old? Yeah. Are you happy to be here? Are you excited? Yeah, I'm a little tired, but yeah, I'm good. I'm ready to rock and roll. I had a lot of office time today. You've been watching the World Cup? You seem like a big soccer guy to me. As my great, great uncle would say, (laughs) nine, nine, (laughs) the USA's out. Yeah, I saw that. They got knocked out. No, I did actually watch part of that. Yeah. I forget who, but... Uh, Netherlands, wasn't it? What a joke. It I was. It was I think it was yeah. the Netherlands. Yeah. But my, the only team I have left is Brazil. That's it. I could care less. I know. That's why I'm talking did I, about Did I hear that uh, World Cup's coming to the United States next time around, right? I have no idea. Yeah, no, that's what it's I heard. In, well, well, it said North America. It's in Qatar. Qatar? Qatar. Qatar. Qatar, which is the Middle East, I believe. It's over there. Somewhere. Everybody, oh, well, not everybody, but a lot of people in the audience are wearing, like, the jibs. Is that, is that a racist term? Hajibs. Is hajibs? Yeah. They're, like, these hats with, like, towels or whatever. Oh, you mean the turban. Turban. It's not a turban. Turban's, no, like, wrap. The women wear hajibs. It's, like, it kind of like a, a crown, and then... An, there's like, not a crown, but like a circle. The Lawrence of Arabia hat. <laughs> is that what it's called? That's what I call it. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it's called. And then like the white tunics. Yeah. 
That's like, how we're I don't know. When it's like 900 degrees <clears throat> over there, they probably their balls are probably just flapping. And Whose balls? The Arab guys. Oh, I thought you meant the soccer players. No. Ron, you should get into soccer, I think. Yeah. A little more. You'd like it. I, I seriously doubt that. It's a beautiful game. All right, so a lot going on in the world. We had just discovered when we were prepping to you know get the show going, which means just going over a few things, mm-hmm. that Peru's President Castillo has been arrested. Ooh. And the Congress uh, took over the country, and they swore in his vice president, who was a woman. Oh, man. She's like the sixth president in five years in Peru. It doesn't sound like they have a very good setup down there. Well, now that they have a woman in office, it's probably going to be even worse. I doubt that has anything to do with it, to be perfectly honest with you. But I'll tell you what, if this Castillo guy, now this is a new story for me, but this Castillo guy, if he was crooked, now I guess he was under investigation for taking money and enriching his family with it. Boy, that sounds like the big guy. Jesus? Sounds, no, God. No, not not that big. Oh, smaller. Smaller big guy. So, uh, anyway, so I think we're on a trend here because we see this going on in Peru. Uh, we know there's stuff going on in Brazil, Brazil. Yeah. that they're definitely keeping out of the mainstream media. Uh, you can find some stuff about it. China. Oh, yeah. A lot of stuff happening in China. Then freedom I, rallies. Yeah, freedom rallies. And then I saw on the news, of course, mainstream media, that China was uh, ramping back their uh, COVID restrictions. Right. And that's got to be because of the backlash that they've been given. Well, I mean, you've, we've been seeing that for the last couple of weeks. It's like uh, all the, it's like a no COVID policy, right? Zero COVID. Zero COVID policy, yeah. which means they're very strict. I know we saw like the videos where they were like locking down the Disneyland of China or some theme park or something. That was a few weeks ago when they yeah. actually shut it down and everybody that was working in there, they shut them in it. Yeah, I mean, everyone was, like, trying to run out and stuff. Um, While they did that, that happened at Foxconn, too. And I think that's where you're seeing the video Right, was from Foxconn. And Foxconn is the company that makes our iPhones. Yeah. I understand Apple now is say that they're bringing iPhone production back to the United States. Like, they should have done that a long time ago. Oh, are you talking about, like, the apartment complexes? Yeah. Yeah, no. So there was the, the theme park one. I don't know if it was Disney, where people were actually trying to escape. No, it was Disney. Yeah. yeah, and then there was that that apartment complex, which was for the company, right? For Foxconn, yeah. where they you're seeing the videos of them the them throwing all the stuff out the windows, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but you know, we you've also seen like the 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 crowds of people pushing back against the gates, and the people with the hazmat suits that are like trying to test them and blah blah blah, yeah, and just kind of like shitting on that, which I think it's good. Yeah. You know, I think it needs to happen. But the thing is, is a lot of this is going on around the world. I understand there was some, uh, if there's something going on in France, possibly. Mm. Yeah, I guess I guess it might be something small going on over there. But what's happening in Peru and what's happening it's in Brazil is... France, uh, but it, yeah. there's a trend. <laughs> yeah, I th- yeah, I think there's definitely a trend starting. Well, I mean, yeah. France is doing pretty good in the World Cup, so it's probably some commotion over that, you know. Yeah, who knows? Probably. The thing is, <laughs> anyway. this is, this is just what we're hearing. There's a lot more we're not hearing about. Right. Which is yeah. all good. Yeah. 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 And the whole thing is, I guess, uh, why we find it interesting is because we've been on this devolution. Exactly. Thing, what we've been talking about for the last few episodes, which we're going to uh, bring in a little bit more tonight and kind of 
Uh, last week we talked about Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals uh, for the far left. Tonight we're going to be talking about the John Birch Society, which is the far right, which would be like the exact opposite of that. And uh, Patriots. Well, yeah. The, well, they were just labeled a patriot organization. So what does that do? Patriot organizations fall under that domestic terrorist Extremists. thing. Right? Extremists, right. Right, conspiratorial. Yeah, so when the John Birch Society started, they were painted like right off as right-wing extremists. Right. It's this guy, John Birch. No, it's Robert Birch. He's the guy Robert that founded Welch. it. Robert Welch. Sorry, Robert Welch. He's yeah. the guy that founded it. Yes. He was a pretty smart guy. Yeah. Yep. He was in college by the time he was like 12, right? Or some something like that? Yeah, yeah very well-off guy. Him and his brother uh, apparently made a lot of money in selling candy or in the candy business or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but he was also like, he, he, he was considered a renaissance man. Yeah. Because he was so like well-versed in all these different like math and Ro- books and uh, languages. Wrote books. And wrote books. Culture, yeah. He was a very cultural, worldly yeah. person. Extremely smart. Consider a child prodigy, I believe. Right. Definitely yeah. knew where the threat was coming from. Yeah, so I had posted on Instagram this last week uh, a, a, just a small segment of, of a speech that he did uh, at the yearly meeting of the John Birch Society. And that was back, I want to say, in the early 60s, maybe even late 50s. You're not talking about UCLA? UCLA. No, no, no. no. The mm-hmm. UCLA speech was uh, in uh, almost 80s, actually. Okay. Yeah, so where he laid it all out of all the steps that he knew the communists and the left were going to enact over a long period of time, right? So, so their plan is... Their plan to take over our country, which, in my opinion, they've done, started like way back when. And this guy was on to it. Yep. And and he started this John Birch Society, which is still around to this day. Of course, the real numbers, uh, membership numbers, are they're kind of hidden. But I do know that uh, in 2010, they came out from you know being a fringe, a fringe society to being kind of more mainstream because they sponsored the uh, CPAC mm. meeting, uh, you know, for the, for the conservatives. Yeah, they're, they're into politics, right? Oh, that's their main thing. Yeah, because yeah. they, I know in that speech, the UCA, UCLA speech, he was talking about, like, how they wanted members to participate in any kind of uh, party that they wanted, essentially, in, uh, even if they wanted to run for a certain party. And that would be okay because... One of their big, like, I guess, things was to kind of be inclusive of everybody, which sounds very, like, woke, democratic-y kind of. But that's kind of how they were. They, like, wanted to you have people from different beliefs, economical backgrounds, races, um, religions. Unfortunately, that may have been part of the downfall. You think so? I believe. I'll get into that, what I, my opinion on it a little later. Well, I know, I know, I know the ADL... Anti-defamation, defamination. Yeah, Southern Poverty League. Center went League. after them, they, too. Yeah. They were one of their big, like, uh, Detract- opponents, I detractors, guess. Detractors, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so, so Welch founded it, uh, and he named it after this John Birch individual who was an OSS operative uh, in China mm. just before we got into World War II. If you uh, remember uh, Chenault's uh, Flying Tigers, that squadron, 
that had the P forty Warhawks that had the the tiger the teeth. tiger teeth on them. Yeah. Oh. So so he had something to do with that, and he also. Uh, he was one of the underground people that were waiting for Doolittle's Raiders to ditch their planes in China after they had that one-way mission where they bombed Tokyo during World War II. And they only had enough fuel. And actually, before they took off, they had to get rid of more fuel because they were bringing extra fuel with them and uh, so that they could go fast enough to get off the carrier. I want to say they flew off the USS Hornet. I'm not exactly positive on that, but I'm pretty sure that's right. And anyway, so so they flew over Tokyo, bombed the shit out of Tokyo, and proceeded to go to mainland China where they would ditch their planes and be met by China, uh, Chinese soldiers and Chinese partisans because China at that time was occupied by Japan. Mm. So so this John Birch guy, he was kind of part of the whole crew that, you know, to go find them and get them out of there before the Japanese had captured them. I, I think a few of them did get captured, but a lot of them got away. And, uh, and, and sadly, after the war was over, now we're skipping over a few things, but after the war was declared over, he was on a mission to go, I think, up, to uh, possibly Shanghai to accept the surrender of the Japanese forces that were in China at the time. And they came across some communist China fighters who took them all prisoner and they actually executed him. So, so, but he was awarded, uh, yeah, because that was early, like precursor to the CIA is what he was involved in, you know, uh, intelligence. And uh, so, but I mean, he was awarded medals and all kinds of stuff like that. You know, posthumously. What's the word? Posthumously. Yes. What was that word? Posthumously. What does that mean? Uh, after the fact. Posthumously. That's yeah. it. Very good, Buckley. Very That's good. A big word for saying after the fact. Okay, so so Robert Welch founded this and named it after John Birch because he thought he was a true American patriot. Now, there's a lot of people that are making the argument that if John Birch was alive, he would have never went along with them naming the society after him. But I think <laughs> I watched a few videos, and a lot of these videos, they're coming, they're fucking propaganda videos is what they are. Because just like how the left does it, just like we talked in the Rules of Radicals, they attack, attack, attack. Mm. So this John Birch Society, who I always thought was a little sketchy. The society? Yeah, as a whole. Well, I mean, but aren't most societies kind of... Could be, but but the more I looked into them, uh, and I'll just give you a quick thing here. It says, the John Birch Society is an American right-wing political advocacy group founded in 1958. It is anti-communist, supports social conservatism, and is associated with the ultra-conservative, and then they have radical right, far right, or libertarian ideas. I just think you have to be wary of any group or society um, that takes very specific uh, opinions or, like, ideologies. Yeah, well, I think one of the problems that happened here is that they actually got called out on a few things because things that they were suggesting how Americans should live were kind of pretty similar to the 
the communist way of doing it. So it happens when you get taken over from within. Yeah. You've seen the pattern, right? Yeah. We can well, kind of illustrate it here, too. Yeah. What, what were they getting called out on? Uh, just Do you know specifically? Basically, like, the, like being under control 24-7. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they were? They wanted, that's how they wanted society to live. Very regimented, very, uh, like, make sure you go to church, do this, do that. Like it says. Yeah. Like like it says, uh, radical right, far right. They're being labeled now. Yeah. I think but they started you, out with, good. I was just going to say, when I, you listen to, like, uh, Robert Welch speak, a lot of the stuff he's talking about is, you know, like, freedom and, you know, anti-communist and stuff like that, which I think is good, but then... A lot of times people, even like uh, like the right-wing people today, they fall under this guise of like religion. And a lot of people you know, think religion is a bad thing. Christianity is a bad thing. The Bible is a bad thing. Especially a lot of people that are kind of lying with the Democratic or left side. If you slap religion on anything, they automatically think, well, you're an extreme religious person. You know, you hate gay people, you all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they were actually labeled as zealots, like for sure. Uh, but there was some interesting, there was some interesting actually things. And why I wanted to talk about the John Birch Society is because when we talk about devolution, we talk about Trump's plan that possibly could be happening, right? Uh, Trump so, being a player in a plan. Yeah. Yep. So Donald Trump's father was a member and a huge donator to the John, the John Birch, the right. John Birch Society. Right. Yeah. And rumored right. to be, because it's supposed to be, it's not a secret society. I mean, you nope. can go online and check it out. Right. But they keep their membership information very secretive. Yeah. Mm. And there's a list of people, including Ron Paul, <laughs> that were possible... Members of the John Birch Society. But, you know, just like Buckley says, with any society or any movement or any politician, you don't have to agree 100% with their doctrine. It's just like me. I never believed 100% in a lot of the things that Trump said. But I believed a lot more than I didn't. If you if you follow what I'm saying, they're also asking for money too. Well, of course they are. They you know yeah. It was, well, it's just it's like just any society. Like, you got to yeah. donate money. Back in the '60s, their budget was five million dollars a year. Yeah, back yeah. in the '60s. So yeah. I just think like I mean you know it's like the Masons or something. Do you know what I mean? It's like a lot of the members don't know about all the other shit that goes on, and they just think it's like they're so, doing good and they have certain ideals and morals. So it's a good society, but then like behind closed doors, you don't know what's going on. No. And the reason I believe we're in the situation we're in globally is in part, there's two big pieces to this. One's the media and two is the secret societies. Because once you're part of that, and it extends throughout society from police departments, right? right. College fraternities. Yeah. There's one that extends officers in the military, and I forget what it's called now. I looked into it. I pretty much found one everywhere you can imagine. There's some kind of secret society. That's why I brought up the witches, right? Um, and that they're they're a secret society, and they don't. So it's compartmentalized. We talked about this. One doesn't know what the other's doing, but over time they've been able to do this in such a way that there is a controlling force at a high level that you know the rank and file don't know about. So if you're a part of that, maybe you're millions of members strong right um and then we're globally billions of members strong all you have to do is call in the favor 
right? What are you going to do? You've been part of it. They own you. I think we're seeing that now in a lot of cases of police departments and some politicians and some other things. The Masons are, you know, just their history. So they just call that in. And I remember years ago when it was being told about some of these secret societies, Masons in particular, that some of this be handled, handed down generationally. And you as an individual and the family would benefit from it. But if you're called upon, you're going to have to act. And generations can go by and you really don't get called upon for anything. Because uh-huh. it's that point in time when they'll use you for little purposes, small and significant things, and larger ones, cover-ups or something. They, all that and more. But the, the end game was where we're at now, when we can call them all up. And one of the things with John Burt Society, so we talked about rules for radicals. And it seems like the cabal, um, they're they're going by, and we saw where the um, in made comparison to what's going on that they're actually using it even to this day is being used, and they don't deviate too far from it. And there's other publications that they've had out um, over time that I read, and you can see that this is what they're going to do, and they go by it. And it was public if you were looking, and they weren't hiding it. Okay. John Birch Society and there's other different societies like it out there. So there they're would be the enemy, right? You'd be at war with one another. Okay. If devolution is truly happening the way it appears it may be, it would be happening. It would only be able, uh, be able to work because of these two other. Let's just use John Birch and, and um, Wills for Radicals, that group, because it's a weather underground. It's all of them, right? Okay. So they're publishing information out there that people see. Now, Wills for, for John Birch Society, it looks to me like, well, it was legitimate when it started out. Good people, good intentions. Right. But they became a target. So remember yeah. the Tea Party came out? What did it do? It organized. It became a group. You become a target. Right? Mm-hmm. So Q had said about um, symbolism will be their downfall. I say symbolism and lineage will be their downfall. So one of the first things I do, look into John Birch, went back and the history, and I've heard about him, obviously, and knew a little bit about him, and uh, wondered, okay, let's look for the symbolism. Is it going to be out there on the web page and such? I didn't find it. But then I started looking at some of the names. And one of the things that Welt said early on was they want to be all-inclusive, which is the right thing to do. The thing is you can't be that way because this is a, um, it's a religious um, racial war. And at that point, again, you're painting yourself a target. And what do they do? So we know the process taking over countries or religions, right? There's a way the enemy comes in, um, gets it, its, its uh, footing, and then inquires different roles within it and takes on its... I Steals the, identities, right? Well, that's oh, what it does. Like the Kazarians. Exactly. They're, they're part of it. Yeah, so, I think they like, to like on the, it. There's that thing with the Kazarians where they, like, they killed a bunch of merchants, basically, but then acquired all their gear and their clothes, and then they became the merchants. They did that with entire races. That was yeah. right. They about, do that with, like, ch- like, churches, societies, or whatever. They do it with empires. Empires, too. Yeah. yeah. So, so here you see currently, if you look... So he was talking about bringing... My antenna went up when he talked about bringing in the Jews. We have X amount of Jews. He didn't distinguish Hebrews from Jews, and I'm like, wow, maybe you didn't even know. Who knows how long ago this was hidden that you know Judaism and the Hebrew lineage was separate from one another, mm. and was was you know that was a big thing. It was after World War II, and then, uh, but I think that may have been their downfall ultimately. The guy that's the CEO right now, his last name is is Hans, and it's when you pull it up, it's actually. It says Ashkenazi right in the lineage of the name. Yeah. 
So then you, you said, well, it's looking like they're a controlling group now. Yeah, they're probably fully infiltrated, taking the appearance of what they were at one time, and you come in with good intentions, and, and now you're brought into something that's not what it used to the be. J- yeah, or, or, or that it could actually mean nothing. Let's play just a little clip. Just bear with me for the sound. Let's play a little clip. Uh, he's going to go over just a few of the things, uh, what he quotes uh, what about what the insider's long-range plans are. A part of that plan, of course, is to induce the gradual surrender of American sovereignty, piece by piece and step by step, to various international organizations, of which the United Nations is the outstanding but far from the only example. Now, here are the aims for the United States. One, greatly expanded government spending for every conceivable means of getting rid of ever larger sums of American money as wastefully as possible. Two, higher and then much higher taxes. Three, an increasingly unbalanced budget despite the higher taxes. Four, wild inflation of our currency. Five, government controls of prices, wages, and materials supposedly to combat inflation. Six, greatly increased socialistic controls over every operation of our economy and every activity of our daily lives. This is to be accompanied naturally and automatically by a correspondingly huge increase in the size of our bureaucracy and in both the cost and reach of our domestic government. Seven, far more centralization of power in Washington and the practical elimination of our state lines. There is a many-faceted drive at work to have our state lines eventually mean no more within the nation than our county lines do now within the states. Eight, the steady advance of federal aid to and control over our educational system, leading to complete federalization of our public education. Nine, a constant hammering into the American consciousness of the horror of modern warfare, the beauties and the absolute necessity of peace, peace always on communist terms, of course. And 10, the consequent willingness of the American people to allow the steps of appeasement by our government which amount to a piecemeal surrender of the rest of the free world and of the United States itself. So brush the insider's dust out of your eyes, my friends, and the communist soap suds out of your brain, and ask yourselves in all honesty, what on earth is wrong with the United States simply minding its own business? So if, if in fact, so these would serve a purpose in, de- in the devolution plan, because if the enemy was focused on these type of groups, right, and believing yeah. that this is their agenda and they're focused on it, it may be the reason why Trump has been attacked in some of the ways he has, for example, Mar-a-Lago, because at some point here, the deep state must realize something else happened. Trump won the election. There's all these different things that happened we hadn't expected. How did this occur? 
we we're, we're watching John Birch and all these other um, groups, Tea Party, we destroyed and conservative groups, and we've labeled. How do have they got this done? Okay, so the Tea Party movement sprouted from the John Birch Society, and they acquired right. basically that, and then put it away. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, the I mean, I think it's more than fair to say that a lot of things are controlled by these societies because like the map of ball that we have. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that. Have you seen that, Sean? Yeah, he's map seen it. Yeah. yeah. So it's basically just a layout and a little timeline of history, I guess, quote unquote, of all these different secret societies and web and how they're connected and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's, so the way for devolution, there's so many too. to exist and be effective is that they would have to be off the radar completely. And if you're going to be off the radar, that means you would have to use their tactic against them, and that is distraction. So yeah. while they distracted and think they're winning, and like led up to the 2016 election, they were shocked. They mm-hmm. thought they had this under control. They were there. They were monitoring everything. They would control everything. What was this that just hit them? And I had said back when they went into Mar-a-Lago, I wonder if they're looking at some kind of uh, documents that Trump has that tie into devolution and his connection to what's going on because they're at a loss, I believe. They don't, they don't know what the next step is. They thought they did, and I think it, it's got them off where, especially if social media is being turned on them, they find out somehow they've got, um, they got hoodwinked on this whole plan that was written out for them that was going so well for such a long time, and now they don't have a playbook. So they're going with what they have because it's all they've got, trying to figure out what is at play here and how do we overcome this? Um, You're talking about the cabal. Yeah, coming against devolution now, which would have been, again, I'll go back to the military operation, which which has been something that, I've got to get the information more on this, but it was um, a legal part of the Insurrection Act. For example, Trump, it doesn't look like he invoked the Insurrection Act, but they thought he was going to. But then when he didn't, they were prepared for that. So you had the January 6th thing, and they focused everything on that because they had nothing else they could do. He wasn't doing what they thought he was going to do because of the playbook they were going by, because that's not devolution's playbook. And here's another use of word magic uh, with the politicians on the left, and not only that, but the mainstream media. They pound that word insurrection, insurrection. Like, like right. that's what you hear all the time. Like our democracy, our democracy. Our, we're not a democracy. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, we're yeah. a constitutional republic, republic. right? Yeah. But, uh, but there's a lot of things uh, that, that the John Birch Society stands for that, you know, I started looking at it. I'm like, well, this is all kind of like stuff that I'm in tune with. Well, I think so behind <clears> the scenes, <throat> I think this would be a representation of what devolution actually stands for. Although the organization itself has probably been infiltrated. But this right. is what we can expect. Well, let's just go over a few things. Sure. Right? It started out and it opposed collective, collectivism as a cancer and, by extension, communism and big government. So, so they have that libertarian kind of mindset where they don't like big government, right? Uh, Th- think, can I just inject for a second here? Yeah. So this is after World War II. So think about th- there's some kind of disconnect here. So these guys, high-ranking military, had high-level intelligence information. So... Supposedly, this is just after that uh, communism has been overtaken, that World War II was completed, and the world was reestablished. So why Yeah, but they- well, but wait a second. Communism wasn't overtaken at the end of World War II. The communists united with the Americans That's as what I'm part of the saying. Allied powers so, to, to root out fascism. So... But after that, communism got a foothold. Yeah. It- and I think that's one of the huge mistakes... That uh, Harry Truman and Eisenhower uh, together both screwed up on big time was not letting Patton go into go Berlin in, in, and keep going. Yeah, there was a reason why they him. 
There was a reason why they held that back. Yeah. And, and interesting enough, this Robert Welch was very critical of Eisenhower, even to the point calling him out for treason. So I don't bring the, think they were bringing to the forefront. Oh, yeah, yeah. Treason. To the forefront, the actual threat as, as it existed, like Operation Paperclip. I'm not sure they even were aware of that at that point. It was a classified operation. I don't think acting like they were. I don't think anything on paperclip came out until like in the last 10 years, maybe. I don't know. I I knew a lot of that stuff. Like I knew a lot about have you are you familiar with Operation Odessa? Yeah. So Operation Odessa was the beginning of what they call the rat lines. Now the United States government had to know they were fucking doing this. Right. But they were, they were, fee- and this brings in Ukraine again. Yeah. Because Ukraine was a strategic location during World War II, was occupied by Germany and the Nazis, hence right. why you have the descendants of the, of the, of the right. Nazis there, aka the Azov Battalion, which uses the, the SS Black Sun logo Black as Sun their logo. logo. Sarfat, so, Sarfat so, but anyways, but the o- Operation Odessa was to, Funnel the Nazis through Ukraine out Odessa into the Black Sea and then out and then get them to South America or disperse them around the world, including into the United States. So that's an extension of Operation Paperclip. They did yeah. it worldwide. And I don't I don't think based upon what they're speaking truth back then. Um, I just don't think they understood the full scope of it. But I think there were fractions behind the scenes that did understand it, like Howard Hughes. And you had even going back to um, Tesla, John Trump, that they did. And again, you're going to have to operate in complete secrecy in order to get the agenda done later. And so their intentions were good. I think it would have been obvious at some point they'll get overtaken from within, just like it's the pattern is throughout history. But they were working on the outskirts. And there's there's so much more to that. Um, well, what I find interesting is that they were very big on promoting Americanism, right, as a, as a philosophical thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah antithesis yeah. of communism, it says here. So you got to keep – But keep. check this out, Sean. You're going to like this. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. It contended that the United States is a republic, not a democracy. democracy. Yep. And argued that states' rights should supersede those of the federal government. That's why these, uh, so the John Birch Society and Robert Welch, huge constitutionalists, yep. right? They, they wanted to, they believed that the that United States should be run by the letter of what the Constitution says. Now, you know that they've been trying to subvert the Constitution for decades, right? We know that. But what's interesting about these guys here is, at first, they were one of the first people to come out. And, of course, at the time, they were labeled conspiracy theorists. But they're the ones that came out and tried to convince people that there was a cabal and they were working towards a one-world government using the United Nations as the front. And they, and he's hmm. very big. He wants, they, they've wanted to get rid of the United Nations how many Since people it was the League of Nations. How many how many people would agree with that? Like how many people that have at least partially right wing thinking, like I, like myself and and I know Sean, I can't talk for Buckley, but <laughs> but what I'm saying is if you have just that if you lean just a little right, like we all know that the shit that UN is pulling, because what is the UN in charge of? The WHO. Yeah. Which now they're trying to pass this 
International Pandemic Treaty, which we did have James Rogowski on several times. He's going to be coming back on because they are actually tiptoeing to, to coin Buckley's phrase, tiptoeing to tyranny as far as that goes, because now they've kind of let things cool off. Like it was in the news and it was all, it was all over the internet, all over social media. And I think what it is is people have short-term memory problems, right? So they forget about this. Now this is now that everything is cooled off and the coast is a little clear, they're trying to bring this back and they want to do this vote, which will revoke uh, your country's sovereignty. Now I don't mean just the United States; I mean any country that's part of the United Nations. So this John Birch Society has been wanting to get rid of the United Nations for a long time. They also opposed NAFTA. Uh, the North American Free Trade Agreement. They knew that that was going to be a problem. So are they a paper tiger? Can we put our finger on anything? Because I couldn't, that they've accomplished. Like, I mean, they say a lot and they stand for a lot. Well, what we have don't, they done? Well, to be honest, Sean, I haven't looked that deep into them, but I absolutely plan to. Yeah, I don't think you're going to find anything. Yeah, because, because I think it's, you know, as a society, I mean, I look at the things that they, I mean, who knows? It could just be a scam. Right? I mean, those money numbers. The money are that's high. going through that now, if you see current, is huge. Is huge. Yeah, right. And again, to not have results, or well, they're not probably capitalizing. Think, you know, I, I think they're complete. I think they're the cabal at this point, especially when you get a Kazarian, um, Ashkenazi Jew. Well, I think the minimum there. I don't know if their leadership. A, oh, sorry. I think yeah. the minimum to to join is like forty eight dollars, and I, we couldn't figure out if that was a month. That's or, a month. Okay, so $48 a month. But there was one level that was five grand. Yeah, it was like five grand. I think the one below that was like $99 or something. And then like, you know, so it's kind of like. So we've seen these different scams that the Democrats used, right? These money scams. It just seems like this is another one. And again. You, well, you, it's a way to control people, too. If they're, putting out, if they're putting out media and content, this yeah. society, you know what I mean? Think, it's like if, you, if you're if you paying the minimum, right? Right. You're going to get monthly content or weekly content of, of news articles yeah. or what's going on in the world or this or that. Or and blah, subtle blah, brainwashing blah. is part of it, too. Right. I was going to say, and, could and, be and a subtle, form of propaganda. Yeah. Subtle and, brainwashing. And I think that the point that, <clears throat> Sean, you brought up where it's like, well, well, you said, well, what did they accomplish? What did they, they do? They have these ideals, right? Right. Patriotism. Um, anti-communism, um, but then okay. Right. Well, what are you doing? We'll send you money, and then you feel good. Give us money for contributing, right? right? I've done my part now, and I sleep better at night. Right. Give us <laughs> money, but like, what have you actually done? Right. Right. Yeah, but some of the other things, uh, they're against the whole uh, economic globalization, like like like. So they're kind of like nationalists. See, it's right? interesting when I when I think identify something like this is of the enemy, and it's it's subdefuge, right? I'll go and read it now because it's like listening to uh, NPR. I'll get more information about them and what they're doing that I wouldn't get otherwise. You know what? You know what? So what you're saying, it's kind of like a a trust the plan deal. Yeah, for sure. Like QAnon. Yeah. Well, no, Q. Q. But the thing is, Q Q and QAnon are different. Yeah, they're they're different. So the thing with Q is you trust the plan. And that's what I'm saying. Why couldn't you put your finger on here? I can list a whole litany of things that resulted that Q said were going to happen and are happening. And if this was the same case, then I'd be more interested in it. But well, I, I couldn't find any. He is, Did he predict things? Didn't this guy predict certain things? I don't remember. What's that? I don't know he, if I looked deep enough. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I okay. I, he had predicted a couple of things. Yeah, he did. And that was part of the excerpt that we played earlier uh, that he had gone over. He talked about how you would never have a balanced budget. There would be uh, more taxation 
but never results in a balanced budget means more taxation, just more spending. More spending. Where we're at now. It was going to be the communist and socialist takeover of the educational system, which we have. Right. Which has been a long-term plan. It's been going on for 70 years now, at least, that we know of. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, And then he brings up uh, the social programs to drain drain the treasury. He he does not like the idea uh, of uh, of the Federal Reserve system, <laughs> right? He doesn't like the idea of fiat currency. They believe that our currency should be backed by gold or silver or some type of precious metal. Of course, now we have rare earth minerals that we had no idea what those were, you know, back in the fifties and sixties, like like these rare earth min- minerals that they need to make batteries for their big green greenification. With all the electric cars and your cell phones and every other thing, right? Mm. I I went on a, and I went online and I looked at a list of some of these rare earth minerals, dude. I've never heard of them. Mm. Do you name some? Uh, we could probably look it up, but I mean, it's like when you know the massive amount of material that has to be moved and processed to come up with just a minute amount. Of these elements that they need to make batteries. The periodic table, you're saying there may be more to the periodic table? Yeah. <laughs> well, it is. Yeah. Right? The periodic table has to be uh, ever, you know, forever expanding. Well, <laughs> well it, once it we go what they're space, revealing Ron. to us and the technology that could result from the discovery of these things that we know that they control the timing of. I mean, maybe these rare earth min- uh, minerals are maybe not so rare on another planet. They're from Mars. With, yeah. with whoever. Whoever brought that kind of technology here, which is something, and I'm not joking, that's something I actually believe in. I mean, they've talked about how the extraterrestrials brought us semiconductors, they brought us fiber optics. It's just a couple of examples. Well, you there's know, supposedly so you, a bunch, there's supposedly like, uh, like extraterrestrials left us a bunch of stuff, like also kind of like a, U, not exactly a USB, but like a, <laughs> some sort of holder of information and technology. What, what if I, like, like, a, like a hard drive. What if yeah, I, kind yeah. of. Have yeah. you heard that before, Sean? Or Yeah, back you, in Genesis. <laughs> oh, my God. Of course. They, wow. they said that we'll, we'll trade you these aliens, call them aliens, right? These off-planet entities. We'll trade you technology in exchange for your women. Uh, well, they just took them. But yeah, it's talked about. That was the exchange that was made. Tesla talks about who um, brought them, angels? The, well, the, the angels and the extraterrestrials are one and the same. Pretty much. They're all, I don't know how they break out in terms. I don't think anyone knows theory. completely how they do, but they're all spiritual, angelic. Um, they don't. They don't have a body necessarily like we do. They can body. They can manifest into bodies. We've seen in scripture it tells that. But shapeshifters aren't angels mostly men. Actually, up there they say there's there's no there's no um, well, male they, or female. When, when we're not we're not going to be male or female, or we're not going to be oh, so we're going to be non-binary. There you go. <laughs> okay, so Genderless. they made them so, out. They made them out to these <clears throat> these these creatures with these wings, right? That that float around. Um, I'd just like to say something else before I forget about this. Yeah, I was it, interested to see where you wanted to go with that because you know a lot of things that that they that they're that they're talking about are things that I naturally believe in. Yeah. And and therein lies, it just dawns on me, is this a fucking PSYOP? You know what I mean? A PSYOP or money grab. Or both. Or just a way to control and brainwash. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't know. I'm going to go back to Sean's point. Like, what have they done? I mean, obviously, we just went over some of the predictions he had. But, like, what have they done? Why are we even talking about them? 
No, it's just interesting. That's what they I exi- want to know. <laughs> well, because it's because it's like uh, the right version of Sololinsky's Rose right, right. Okay, yeah. okay. So I, yeah. I think, and I think gotcha. that these two are going back and forth, and maybe, and for, for for public perception now, but maybe not back in the day. There was actually they were engaged in trying to overthrow them, but now they can use one off of the other, raising money. For example, that's a great way to do it. Um, so you think it's uh, basically the left's version of. No, it's the right's version of Sololinsky's Rules for Radicals. Right. Yeah, it, that's it what was. That, that or was like the, the communist opposite. agenda. It's yes. like the it's opposite. like you have the communist agenda on the left, and then you have their uh, libertarian, constitutionalist. But they're one and the same. Nationalist. At this point, they are. I thing. believe they were probably all controlled by the same group okay. at this point, based on what I'm seeing and the research I did into it. Now, gotcha. So, and what I do is, in the research I do in... There's a certain way I go about it, how you get to the conclusions I get at, to try to stay just one, guided one certain way. You don't get off all these tangents. I do anyways, but they stay somewhat focused. It's just like I'm going to look for I'm going to look for symbolism. I'm going to look for names tied into certain organizations, and that's going to to steer me in a certain way. Uh-huh. Um, but they're just guidance on it. Now, this whole thing, inversion, we all agree this, they use this inversion thing all the time, uh-huh. right? And it yes. seems as though, in well, it's, it's usually a direct inversion of what God states as truth or law or whatever the case may be in scripture, they're going to come at it at the complete opposite. It's just the way they do it. You can see it. Um, so I, I was thinking here about the connection with this devolution thing. Cause it's got me fascinated and I'm going to be spending a lot more time on it. Um, and because it's fitting. So if you have this um, framework on a puzzle and the outside of the framework is, is the controlling entities, um, and then inside it, there's all these puzzle pieces. We're part of a puzzle piece. John Pert Society is part of a puzzle piece. Um, everything's part of a puzzle piece. You're trying to, when you go down a rabbit hole, you're trying to come up and take one of these puzzle pieces, make sense of it, and put it in place. And what I found happens, find a topic, make sense of it, set it aside until it finds its place into the puzzle. So that's why it can be years down the road. Listen, I understood this to be true. I don't know how it fits in. Um, it's like when I got down the rabbit hole, uh, some six, eight years ago on the lineage in scripture and then realized that the Jews and Hebrews were separate from one another. And that kind of got shelved for a while until something else came up and then it fit together and made more of a puzzle piece than actually fit in. And then made sense. Then made sense. And that's how I have all these pieces lying around. So in one of the things God tends to do, so they, they copy everything. I remember when, and we've, we're going to get into a show later. We've talked this couple of times about the YouTube thing and, and music. And there's this whole thing about um, natural ability rising to the surface, and they copy it. Um, and I remember when Obama, one of the first things when he was in office, him saying, and it puzzled me for the longest time until some of these pieces now are coming together. He uh, came out, and they had pretty much debunked the use of solar. <laughs> they spent all that money on solar and stuff. And then now I understand what they did. They didn't Lost want- billions. Yeah, and... And it, it's not that it's it's not a viable um, energy option way to do it locally at your house. It is. I have a system. You can go off grid if you want. It's not expensive. But they had to set the narrative out there that you know we spent all this money. It's not possible. And I argue with people who don't even have systems. Like you can't do it. One guy selling solar systems, so they're just the ones that feed back into the grid at Home Depot. Argued to me and said it was illegal for me to be able to go off grid. Is it? <laughs> Well, well, there is something where, uh, and I don't know if this is where the term net metering comes from, but I do know that there's a business in this town that's really big and they generate their own power. Yeah, you can. It's not that hard. So, well, well, hold on. Well, hold on. 
they have to pay the state to do that. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. They're going to tax you on so, it. So, so that, so that tax you on it. How? Yeah. Well, so it's a, it's yeah, Buckley. It's fucked up because okay. Ta- so, so, so they're some basically good, taxing you on the, on the sun. sun. So your, these fr- your use of the sun. In, these friends of ours. Let me just get this okay, off do my they chest. Own the sun. Oh. Well, wait a minute. I'll, I'll go. Do okay. they? Well, because the sun, the sun is supposedly a worldly. Well, they, they thing, own the rainwater, right? right? The sun supposedly mean... goes around the world, so it's a yes. global thing that yes. everybody uses and owns. Okay, so check this They're out. They're gonna fucking tax you. Some very close friends of ours. They just they just signed up for that uh, solar setup that goes on their house, right? And uh, and they had all the they got all the panels installed, and it looks nice. They did a nice job. Whoever did it. Mm-hmm. And I'm asking her, I said, okay, so so now you're like, you could technically be off the grid. Oh, no, that's not how it works. And I'm like, okay, explain this to me. Like, you just said that. Like Their, I, their system won't I was I was not aware of that. Yeah. So, so Well, hold on. So I'm like, I'm okay, like okay, on. so what do you have for uh, storage? Oh, there's no storage. How it works is we, we bring in the power and we take what we need and what we don't need goes back into the grid. Now, and I'm saying, okay, so if you grid. lose, if you lose, oh, well, hold on, if you lose power, so you're still, you have no power. All right. Well, no, we'd have to have a generator. I'm like, then, <laughs> I'm saying to myself, then what the fuck did you get solar panels for? Now, now, just, but I guess that's how it works. Consider this. Huh. And I know it's people that up. have that same type of system, right? So they not only meet the requirements of their usage, right? They in excess, and they get money back every month. Right. So they cover their usage. They cover their usage and then some. Right. So why shouldn't every home have twenty solar panels? Right. But for what it costs them to put this system in. Now, now let me. So, get- so no, just throw some numbers out there. I will. <laughs> if they're saving a hundred bucks a month or two hundred a month on their system, how many years is it going to take? To break even, the break even point. A long time. And what is the life cycle of the panels? Now we know that the life the panels have life cycles. And then after they get down below certain usage, right? Then they're resold, right? Sean, isn't that how that works? Yeah. So but but it still is in the like the ninety percent efficiency. It's still very I guarantee high. you by the time you have those solar panels paid off, you're probably gonna have to replace them. Okay, so now that was my point. But what I'm saying is <laughs> How much money will the savings be worth the outlay? I guess that's my question. All right. So if you go out there and get one of these systems, and by the way, a few years ago in California when they started the power outages, there were people that were up in arms because they couldn't understand how they had these solar panels on their roofs. And when they lost power, they didn't have power. They, they bought into something, had never even asked the question, could it be used that way? And they were, you know, it wasn't that they lost power frequently or ever at that point, but it became an issue. So... The systems that you'll buy around here, and if you see a home that's got excess of 20 panels, it's feeding back into the grid, mm-hmm. okay? Because the way these things are are um, put together and linked in such a way, because there's voltage and uh, wattage limit- limitations and amperage limitations. Um, so you're going to pay twenty dollars to $40,000 for a set of those on your home. Yeah. twenty to forty grand. okay? I have a system, and anyone can go out and buy these. I know other people that have them. There's no reason you shouldn't be able to take your house off grid um, for ten grand under. That's right, but you storage. have storage, yeah. That's with the battery storage system because yeah. the technology of the batteries now with the life off four batteries, you can bring them down to zero 
for literally every day for, for 10 years. And uh, whereas a conventional lead acid battery, you don't want to bring below 50%. And these, this new technology actually charges at almost half the time as well. So even though it was viable before, it just makes no sense not to do it now. But they've sent the narrative out there and they told people that you can't do it. So no one's thinking about that. Well, so power right now, it's all corporations, right? Essentially, you're paying a corporation for power. So it's not like the government is making you. No one's making anybody. They just. It's not like there's a lot like you need to receive power from these corporations. Not at this point, anyways. Okay. Then I guess when it goes to like, how does. If you were to do this self storage uh, solar paneling system, how do how are they going to tax you on that? They're not now, but what, under this green agenda that Is they're it, trying to push forward, that will be in there because it's based on carbon credits and however they define those. Your use of the environment, even the sun, the the breaths you take based on your weight, um, it's all figured in. It's, it's all going to be what? Yeah. Could come up to your car, your carbon uh, yep. footprint. Yeah. So yeah. So oh, they, there was talk when um, just prior to Obama's administration, it kind of settled down. Then charging you to breathe. But under under this, they were talking in California. $50. One was because electric cars had come out and they were losing the revenue, the gas tax revenue. Mm-hmm. So they were going to charge you a fee for the money they were losing. Even if you didn't use the car. Well, they were doing that in New Hampshire as well as a surcharge on your registration for an electric car. Wow. The other thing was they were talking, and it probably fits into the screen agenda now, and I think they were just testing the waters out there. And I don't know the significance of it, but you were going to be charged based on the square footage of your roof and how much rain ran off your roof. For some reason, that was something that you had to pay a tax on. So you should collect that rainwater then. But they don't want you collecting rainwater because... Now, I know this to be a fact out west. You are not allowed to collect rainwater. <laughs> that water, the government says that's our water. See, there you go. So what? the sun. So yes. the water the probably sun. came from like <laughs> a million years ago or 10 oh, million like, years ago. Trust me. Somewhere else in the world. You've never heard of that? <laughs> that's heard, where this I've goes. Heard of, I've heard of rainwater being collected. Okay, here's being something, here's something yes. else. Now, now, just to go back to your point. <clears throat> I have seen... Plenty of stories of people that have bought property, built themselves a little small house, mini house with a barn with some animals and this and that. They run uh, solar panels, right, Sean? They they run water collection. They do all this stuff 100% off the grid. The town or the city or whatever, the county, will send in compliance officers and shut you down. Because you're not allowed to be off the grid. Now, I'm not saying that's everywhere. But I have seen instances when people were actually kicked off their property until they had utilities brought in. Now, I'm talking water, electricity. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. All that. All yeah. that. Now, that, yeah. that, now, to me, yeah. that makes like zero sense. Yeah. And that comes up again to some of these things that the John Birch Society want to push is smaller government, less laws, libertarian ideals, let people do what they want to with their property, right? Right. But there's an example. They want you hooked to the grid because there's a line item on your power bill for? It's taxes. Taxes. I feel like a lot of the... You can't live without being... Most can't live without... The utility stuff, too, like, because there's all... For housing and commercial and blah, blah, blah. There's all, there's a bunch of different uh, 
like little laws like codes and policies. You got to have this. You got to have that. A lot of that stuff for utilities could be like, well, if you're going to have a home, it needs to be, you know, it needs to be safe. With heat, need, building you codes. need to have yeah, yeah you need well, to have water I, I get, so you I get can the wash builder. yourself. You need to have a shitter so you can shit and you're not shitting in a bucket in the corner. Yeah, all this stuff. You need to have water so you can wash your dishes and you can clean right. your house, like sanitary safety stuff. That could be another reason. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, if a compliance officer comes on to your property and you have a composting toilet, right, that works without electricity, some of them are propane powered. You have a shower. Right. You have a heating system. Okay, 100 years ago, what did people heat their houses with? Wood stoves. Yeah. They're trying to outlaw wood stoves. Oh, they've been. With the green agenda. Yeah. Now, you can't even buy a wood stove unless it's got a catalytic converter on it. Right. And when they put those catalytic converters on the wood stoves, they put, I'm going to say there was 200 wood stove manufacturers at the time. I purchased a couple back then that was going on. And it went down to like a couple dozen. They just put out a business. Oh, yeah. It's just like catalytic converters on cars. Sean, you remember those great big outside boilers? Yeah. They, used, they popped they, up all over the place about. They put, they put years a ago. lot of people out of business with those because they did not want, because the neighbors were complaining about smoke. Listen, my neighbor, <laughs> the next house up from me, <clears throat> has one neighbors. of them systems. The guy's a logger. Ooh. He burns. Whatever he's got left over goes in that thing, and he heats all his house, and he heats his hot water with it. Does the smoke come down into my yard? Yeah. Does it bother me? No. Probably smells good. Okay, so we grew up on wood stoves. It does not bother me in the slightest. I still use a wood stove. Wood stove smells good. Yeah, but this is the argument, though, that people have. And they're saying, well, you know, you're putting a lot of carbon emissions into the sky burning wood. So what did we just hear is going on in Germany because they're going to have an energy crisis this winter? They're clear-cutting the forests. It's done, but where, the fuck, where the fuck is the green agenda people there? Well, there's controlled burns all over the place, and but there's also like forest fires all the time. Forest fires no, no, are they're nat- chopping down the forest in Germany yeah, for fucking firewood. I got you, but I'm just saying like that whole smoke, uh, like pollution thing and... W- you know why we're going to get rid of wood stoves and boilers? It's like there's forest fires all the time. Yeah, there's controlled burns all the time. Yeah, there's non-controlled burns when you get hit by lightning out there in Yellowstone and the fucking fires right. ra- in California, where the fires raged for fucking weeks. Right. It's just who's like, going to figure out the carbon footprint there? Who's fucking paying for that? The government. It's lightning. They own that smoke. They own the lightning. Well, I guess if they own the federal park, right? They own that lightning. Okay, so I don't want to get too far off track. But I think we're already off track. Well, well, no, because this all ties into the things where big government, too many laws, telling you how to live your life. Did, did that you guys, goes against libertarian idealisms. Did you guys know about one of the executive orders that Trump passed early on um, with regards to regulations? So you're talking about control through regulations, right? Did you know if you came to the administration with a new regulation, do you know what you had to do? You had to remove two. Remove two? For every one you came, you had to remove two old ones. So it eliminated one. Eliminated one. Yeah. And that was something we'd never seen before. And people, the public didn't know this was going on. They never heard heard that. It's part of one of the executive orders. And the interesting thing is some of these executive orders that were put into place by Trump were not removed under um, Biden. So they made the deals for warring technologies. Basically, we'll give you information on how to war against your enemy in exchange for whatever the agreement was. And it, it's Talking pretty interesting. The aliens? Back then, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You call them aliens, whatever they were, fallen angels and whatever other realm of they 
represent up there are disguised. So, anyways, we talked about these gene pools, the beasts of the field last time. Yes. And then the Adam and Eve gene pool, two separate gene pools is what you got that come together. That's what it ends up being. Yeah. Okay. And I find it interesting that if you, you hear this devolution, this name devolution, um, so we all, all have heard about evolution, right? Darwin's evolution, which is kind of graduated up now because of the science into intelligent design. Are you familiar with that? Well, I know there's, I know there's like this period of time. Well, so the evolution thing, it's like we evolved from like apes or something. But even before that, <laughs> it was creatures. like like bacteria or larvae or something. Yeah. Yeah, which that's why they had to get away from that cuz but but there was this huge period of time where apes, right? If we had actually evolved from apes, uh there was this big period of time where the brain from from apes to humans just like had a huge burst. Yeah, which an evolution which no one can seem to make sense of. I mean, this will help. So if you take if you take a gene pool, a DNA gene pool, a uh, set of chromosomes, whatever you want to look at it, the biology from Adam and Eve, which was made in God's image, and you take these beasts of the field, which we don't know for certain what they're like, but they're partly animal, but they're still able to appropriate. Uh, Put their penis in a woman. <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for there? Procreate. Procreate uh, <laughs> with the human genome. Bang. Okay. So you've got one set of genes that are evolving. And one that are devolving. That's going to happen over to this. That, that, that's going to keep happening. So we have these, in history, these people who were lived to be hundreds of years old. And now we live to be well under 100. And part of that process would be just that devolving. You get one group devolving. It's coming down and one that's coming up, benefiting yeah. from the, the gene pool. And one that's being, um, it's actually degrading. It degrades while one improves. So, so, so sorry, which one's degrading? You get one degrading to be Adam and Eve's descendants are going to okay. degrade each time that they would, they would uh, have offspring with the beast procreate. of the field. Procreate. Yeah. Okay. Just. So what, so what the big brain boost, what was that? Well, I, I don't think you would have, you would have the big brain boost just be um, the descendants of Adam and Eve as they come onto the scene of earth. And then there's going to be this melding together, these two gene pools. And then ones that come up with, and that's where they they will actually scientifically be able to at some point they're going to come out with this. They're going to show evolution, and they're probably going to be able to show it in a way that's going to be very compelling and be very real because it did happen. It happened to that beast of the field. It came up an evolutionary chain because of that that um, pro procreation. Procreation. What is <laughs> up with that, man? Procreation with that group. So I, I just find it interesting. I was going through this again, seeing how that would work, and. That's where Sasquatch starts fitting in. There's a whole why some of it was kept out of that. There was a lineage that was kept um, pristine for a specific reason that um, the enemy wanted left in place. And there's reasons down the road we'll talk about. It has to do with the Aryan race that Hitler was trying to find, which actually is out there to be found. And the question is, why did he want it? Um, and there's a reason. Um, so in devolution, it's interesting we see that uh, So up through evolution – Satan comes on the scene, he takes what God's put in place, law and order, and he starts dismantling it and putting it together in the way that he wants it. So, hold on, you think evolution happened? I do. Just not like the Darwinism. And it happened in turn, uh, yeah. Not in the way that they're uh, putting Darwinism out to us. It's, right. It, you just, you think it's different. 
And Darwin isn't. That's why um, intelligent design came out. Is Darwin's, and when they get in there with with certain compound microscopes and with science, they found that even the single-celled organisms were complicated in a, in a way that it couldn't. It couldn't um, just happen randomly. Yeah, it couldn't. It, like in, well, that's like what a lot of people say about like everything in the universe. It's like there's no way it's just random. Really like can't. E- even like a DNA structure, like mm-hmm. the way the spiral and how it's everything's every component of the DNA structure is strand is put together. It's like it can't just be random. So that's why a lot of people right. think about the or believe in the higher intelligence stuff. So, uh, what, but what there's I, also uh, to play off the 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 intelligent design is what I was trying to say um, is the whole simulation theory thing, which I don't know if you know about. I've heard what you've mentioned about it here when we've talked about it. I mean, I can envision what it represents. Like basically somebody programmed this whole thing. um, And it's basically like created by a being or beings um, for us to like be in and live in. So, it, maybe that's the case. All I know is my research, and as my life goes on, when I went looking for answers, I didn't find that group that had anything to offer that says this is the origin of man and this is what you can use as a as a guidebook. Scripture became that and answered the question. I looked at all those different religions. I didn't grow. I said that before. I didn't grow up with religion. I don't go to church now. I looked into the different from Hinduism and the Muslim religion and Christianity, which I I jumped into originally and then kind of backed off. But then found that regardless, the scripture itself never seemed to fail. Like there was an answer. Some, everything was addressed if you spent enough time. You know, just like we said earlier, I said, ah, let's go to Genesis because it represents that. And I always do that because there's always something in there. It's how much knowledge you you take from it, it retain from it. I'm not one that says like in Acts 3, 1, blah, blah, blah. I don't do that. I just remember there's a principle here or there's a pattern here or there's a truth here. And that's why I hold on to so it seems, I've I seen that there's another pattern developing here, maybe with this devolution, with what um, the enemy put in place. He took what God constructed, deconstructed it, and put it back in his image. And that's kind of being turned on him now with devolution. So let's, let's take the system they put in place, let's deconstruct it right before the rise, and use it against them. And yeah. that seems what we're seeing, or I'm seeing, at least to some degree. They're more significant every day. Now seeing these conflicts around the world where people are standing up for freedom and stuff. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but the devolution plan would not be confined to the United States. It would be a global um, effort that would be underway. Right, and you did, you've been definitely, I mean, since the COVID lockdowns, you're definitely seeing more global stuff happening with, like, protests and, and anti-lockdown um, protests and freedom rallies and all of that. Um, so when you say devolution, can you define devolution? Not not necessarily. I don't think it can be defined in that way because... Because devolution, it, it a, sounds like evolution. It sounds like a word that yeah, has isn't a it? I know, that's how specific it's, meaning. So is there yeah. any so is I there can, any like sentence or, or description you can give? No, no. So how I, I didn't come up with it. So I had all these pieces of the puzzle I've talked about, and they were... Different times, pieces would come and fit together, and they started painting, you know, a bigger picture of what's going on. It's been going on for a long time, and then so I'll be listening in the background and always picking up if something catches my interest to see if it can help me put one of these pieces of puzzle together. Yeah. And so a few years back, there was a guy that was putting some information together. They called it devolution, and he had come up with the same thing. He had all these pieces, and he was trying to put them together, and he named it, 
And then he put, I think there's seven or eight pages to it. That was a period where he, he released them. Um, I, um, I sent them to Ron today so yeah. he, he can make it available. And he was, what he did is he looked, he looked, and I'm trying to remember back. He looked for when Trump came into office for things that happened, whether it be reported on or not. He did the deep dives, the research, executive orders, and see if they were having an impact. And collectively, what was that impact doing on the world in the United States? Mm. And he started to see that, wait a minute, there's something going on here. And this isn't by coincidence, by chance. This is intentional. And okay. So, so he, is, it, is, is this word devolution uh, strictly speaking towards, like, uh, kind of going against the cabal or elites? Yeah, it's it's put. It was created with that kind of purpose. Or so what? The way I would I would um, I picture it in my head is so we have this angelic departure from heaven. There was uh, a rebellion and, and all these angelic things, and it's gotten bigger over time. We talked about this. We don't even know what it looks like, but it's massive and it's spiritual in nature. But there is a spiritual element to this that's controlling things behind the scenes on the dark side. So it would seem reasonable that that same thing is going on on the good side of things. In the scripture that says, like, they talk about Jesus returning, the rapture in the sky, but, but I found scripture that says he, he returns unannounced, working in the background is what it amounts to. So I'm wondering, mm-hmm. is he here working in the background? Are these people that are coming forward that are fulfilling their part of the plan? So I think there's those who are taking direct orders like Trump, and he's a player that serves a purpose, a certain role. So Trump, he's he could be in a he's a deal maker, right? He knows economics, he knows business money. Businessman, he's a businessman, but he's not a military guy. He's not a he's not a, a a medical doctor. Yeah, but he serves his role and he did it very well. And like when the COVID thing, people want to criticize him. you okay, how is he? I'm trying to understand. He's not a medical doctor. How does he have any more information? He has more people around him trying to distract him from doing the right thing, um, then then people realize. He's constantly vetting people around him. For example, when Kanye West just brought those two down to Mar-a-Lago. Milo and... Right, right. Okay. And Trump's (laughs) like, what the... Do you think for a minute that whoever vetted those two still have their job? Because they didn't vet them correctly. I have no idea. Right. So they're probably not. And so in Scripture, it talks about the king's the ones that God brings to the forefront as leader, and you could consider Trump that. There's two things. There's a couple things that stand out. One is that when they come into power, God pulls down, has them pull down the strong places, the high places, the places where they do their um, carnage in terms of um, sacrifices. So when Trump put the executive order in to stop the human trafficking and shut the border down, in essence, he was doing that. The other thing in scripture is when a king is brought forward, there's the hand of the king, there's these spiritual advisors around him, just like Trump had, and they're not always good. And there's this vetting process that constantly goes on, and they got to try to figure out who's around them. Trump's not surrounded by a group that are loyal to him. And over time, he may think someone is, and they prove not to be, and he's said that. And that's a constant process. Mm. Do you ever question yourself, Sean? All the time. I never think that any of the stuff you believe isn't true. Or I've that had devolution to change, isn't going on. I've had to change my understanding Bible or any of that belief so many times to get to this point. Remember, I was I was at a young age, at like eighteen, was a Rush Limbaugh listener, and I was pulled <laughs> into the whole Republican thing at a young age. I was then brought into the Christianity thing and the church thing. Um, 
I believed in law enforcement and government and all that. And it's been slowly erosion to come to the truths that I've come to through experiences. And you're pretty, you're pretty, pretty sure about what you believe. It's proven itself. So I had the experiences before I read the scripture on it. I had all these experiences. They had all these puzzle pieces. And then I intentionally held off from reading the scripture. And I don't, inte- part of it was intentional, part of it was unintentional, but I, I didn't read it. And there was a point in time where I started to, and I was just blown away by the fact that everything I experienced, the answers I was looking for are in here. And then furthermore, there was a reason as to why they're occurring and how they end as based on the decisions you make. And there was a bigger picture as to who we are, why we're here and what's going on. And that's the kind of the stuff I try to convey here and bring to the forefront stuff that folk can look into themselves and start to build up that you have to build up. It's interesting. I went through various stages where I had to step away for a while because I was so overwhelmed. You have to, I did. And even now I'll even put news on in the background. And then there's times I have to just turn it off. Even though I know the difference, there's something that comes out of it. that just, it's too much. Well, Ryan, Ryan and I talk about the whole detoxing thing all the time. Yeah. Or just like, just cause there's, there's so much you could be looking into at any given time and there's so much back in time and so many moving pieces that it's like, well, how do you intake all of it? In, in little pieces and part right. of the problem. So that's interesting to say that I have it written down here, but Actually, too much will drive you crazy. So when they, when the Hebrews, <laughs> I wondered this because when the Hebrews and I found this talking to people and I wondered if I should back off on some of the information I was dropping about scripture and stuff, some of the hard hitting stuff, because it, t- it says to, to sow seed. I mean, plant something and let it grow in someone's life to bang a chick. No, not that. What? No. Oh. But in any event, when they come out, of, when the Hebrews come out of captivity from Egypt and they go into the desert and he's vetting them before they go into the promised land, that big battle of the giants, they end up falling by the wayside. I, it's almost, I'm seeing it now where too much was put upon them for whatever reason that they rejected it. I just want to go back to my, my life ahead before I was in bondage. I just want to go to that safe place. Mm. And it's like, that's what's happening now. So you kind of got a little, some people can take it in big doses. I'm finding most people can't. Little dribs and dabs, um, and they've got to they've come to terms with it. I mean, there was one time I hyperventilated. It was something I learned about, <laughs> and I'm like, man, what the? F-? It was it rocked my world so much. You had like a panic attack, pretty much. Yeah, and panic attacks are scary, but you know the yeah, thing is, yeah, but the thing is, it can definitely overwhelm you and consume you, right? To where you neglect every other aspect of your life and you have to walk away from it then. Well, you also don't realize other people aren't on the same level as you or like into the same stuff as you or or are researching the same stuff as you. So if you go up to somebody just on the streets and you're like, oh, yeah, like the fucking Jews or whatever, they're going to be like, what? Well, you know what the crazy thing is? You can have that conversation (laughs) now on the streets and they're like, tell me more. It's well, crazy well, how it's now, changed. Yeah, now, now we're there now, which is amazing to me. We find, us, we find which, ourselves in that. Which um, actually the feedback that I've been getting from the recent episodes has all been that. People people want to hear more. They want to know more about this subject. They want to know what is going on. So Because we, everybody has a lot of questions right now. Like, look at all the news we're inundated with right. yes. for the last two years. We got, well, actually, let's go back to 2016. Oh, my God. All the Russian collusion stuff. Okay? <laughs> People want to know about that. Hunter Biden's laptop and his shady dealings and the big guy, his dad. COVID. People want to know about that. Yeah, now you got COVID on the back end of this, which we're fucking inundated with 
news from the frontline doctors, you know, ivermectin this, hydroxychloroquine that, vaccine mandates, which which I guess there's the Congress before they get ejected in January, there's this new amendments to some of the, and I think it's possibly even the Patriot Act, where they got this whole list of mandates they want to make sure they can get pushed through before they leave office. In a lot of, in some of that, I was reading the list. Some of that is vaccine mandates, vaccine mandates for school, college, all that. Like, like basically everything, basically what they want to do. They want to get all your kids fucking vaccinated. You can't take a shit without being vaccinated. I mean, they just, it's, you should see this list that they want to vote on. And right now they got the power to do it. They can make it work and the, and the Senate can do it as well. So, know, wait, so, but so we're at a place now where, interesting enough, they're unless the Republicans do it because of the midterm elections, that what was going to happen isn't going to happen. Here we find ourselves again, and the timing is somewhat perfect. I don't think we're there yet. I think we have a long ways to go in terms of bringing the population to a place where they want more truth in this because it, it has to affect their health. The apocalypse I found. And some of them it's affected their health. It certainly will. A majority of people took the vaccination over the next five years or four oh, years God. now. And then the economic thing is on the horizon next. And I think it's, a necess- it's necessary to get where we need to be. Yeah. I just want to say for people listening, like, don't just don't be so quick to jump on things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you're hearing about something in the news or someone's saying something or even if Sean's saying something or Ron or myself. Research it. Like, don't be so quick to jump on it. And especially if it's, like, something that has to do with your health, I guess. Like, I guess vaccines. You know what I mean? It's like, they're like, well, we need to get this new vaccine for fucking the 37th strand of the monkey pox. Like, you got to get it now. Later in the future don't get it right but, away so they're all you trusting know what I mean? of like a, wait of a system they trust that system at about every level don't trust it like yeah. with the shit that you hear don't just take it for like who's ever telling it to you like uh, often things resonate with you you know you can kind of tell from a gut feeling if they're true or if they're not true like i think everybody knows that feeling here or there but like <laughs> other times you're not sure Especially with content and media, because that's it, we all we know it's very manipulative, and even a, a, these soundbite videos or or whatever it is, they can create it in a way that's extremely suggestive to you and extremely targeted toward you, especially with modern day algorithms and shit like that. So just don't be so quick to jump on any shit. And don't be so quick or party to or parade to follow the narrative or to trust the science. Any of that shit. You know, yeah. Part of, part of the intake, the information, like it, like in, inhale the information. Let it sit there. Be like, huh? I I learned about this thing, or I heard about that. So now I'm going to go talk to people that I know, and I'm also going to go read some stuff or whatever. Especially if it's if it's minute shit, like small stuff, like not so much, I guess. But if it's really big stuff, like. Don't just take it for face value, ever. So in my case, throughout many years, my business really slowed down in the winter, and I found out all this time, and I devoted it to research, into scripture, into these topics. So I had that. I think what's happened here is with COVID, that time that people had, looks like they spent a lot of it on the internet, and it started opening yeah. and they did research. Yeah, because oh, that, yeah. that yeah. was the beginning oh, of the yeah. explosion yeah. of podcasts. Now, I do know a lot of podcasts that were hot and heavy in the beginning of COVID. They've all dropped out. 
I mean, we're still here, so that's cool. Because, you know, we're not a one-trick pony. We can talk about things other than COVID. I mean, we talk... Trust me, it's endlessly like, information that can Like, come we talk about things here on the Wicked Planet that you're not hearing on other shows. Except for maybe two, three weeks, a month down the road, then they'll start covering it or whatever. It's been... It's seen but, it happen. I'm but, kind of surprised. But, I mean, we we... We like to talk about things that are just a little different. Now, we have some ideas on some shows that are, you know, I wouldn't consider them mainstream, but, you know, like our simulation shows that we're going to be working on. And, uh, and of course, our, you know, paranormal stuff that we want to get back into. I think but, a couple. But people like, oh, hold on, so, yeah. so like, like you're right. So people were in their houses for two years, probably sick of watching television. Maybe maybe they picked up a few more books. Maybe they spent a lot more money on Amazon. That's look at how much money uh, Bezos made during COVID. It was like astronomical. Or Walmart right? or Target. Yeah, or yeah. But but just fast you know, food restaurants. But just like uh, you know, just singling out Amazon, the amount of money that they brought in during COVID because people are home, and not only that, but people when they spend money, they feel better. You know that that's nothing new. That's a common. Everybody knows that. So. So it's like now people's eyes are starting to go, oh, my God, what is this? Oh, what's right. that? Oh, what's this? Oh, my God, now I'm going cuckoo. Right. You, you know you what know? happens? So if they have all these strongholds, they have these tightly held beliefs on a subject. If if one of those erodes, if, if one of those break through and it's like, wow, I was wrong on that, it seems like there is this cascade effect, this domino effect of other other topics or truths that they've been unwilling to accept that they're willing to and it it can be overwhelming because if that wasn't true and i thought it was for so long then maybe that's not true and so and so told me this and then it that really hits hard and that's part of the process of opening your eyes to stuff and being blinded to it i mean and for the people that aren't still or or weren't it's like they they were traumatized. I mean, I think this we all trauma know that. involved here. But and and lots of people are just like, well, these dumb like you know these stupid fucking brainwashed people. Well, okay, yeah, maybe. I mean, we all kind of are. We're all kind of indoctrinated. And it's hard to get the fuck out we of. We all were there, but to varying degrees. But these people that are also doing what they're told are fucking scared. Do you they know are what I mean? scared. They were scared of a disease. They are scared that, about what the government was doing and overreach, whether they want to admit it or not. Like, that stuff was going on. And I think that, like, people on the other side or, or people like us that were more aware of it need to, you know, be, was, more, be more, I guess, vocal about that. Well, like, well, yeah, like, this was an unprecedented thing that happened, the COVID lockdowns, right? And we can't just sit here and say everyone's a brainwashed fuck. It's no. scary when your government starts no. to overreach and shut down your business and do all this shit right. and run shit like it's a school or a corporation because it, it reminds you know, COVID like the whole mask wearing thing. It reminds me of like when you're in school, right? When you're in high school, you're in middle school or you work on a corporate job, which I don't know, or office job. I don't know if you guys ever have, but there's these little rules. <laughs> there's these little rules when you're in school, right? Well, think about high school. There's these little rules that you're supposed to follow. And if you don't, you get in trouble. You get attention. You get whatever. And that's what the mask thing, like, reminded me of, kind of. It's like, well, if you don't do this, you get sent to the principal's office. Yep. You don't do this in the office, you get a write-up. Yep. You got to go talk to the boss. And I really – I don't know how that process – someone goes through it in terms of – I mean, all I know and all we all know is what we go through ourselves is our own life experiences. Right. And, you know, what it took to me – to get me to this point, 
um, it took a lot. It took a horrendous tragedy in my family and then a massive, I don't know how to explain it, what followed death threats, real death threats. Yeah, like the craziness that you were subjected to, for sure. And then then there was like, I also recognized the other day, in Scripture talks about the attacks of the enemy. So we know there's two-way attacks. I talked about the witchcraft. That's indirect. You're not going to know that's happening. It's like I walk across the table and I punch you in the face. You know that's happening. <laughs> okay. Are those uh, buried feelings. There you go. Sean towards me. So, but what if you're, you're sitting, trying to secretly get out? Onto what if the you're podcast? sitting? You're across the table from me, and then through witchcraft that can affect someone physically. You're knocked onto the floor. Okay. What we don't sometimes recognize, and we look at the patterns. So one of the things that happened with me, I'm going to share this now. So I come out of a, a background where I worked hard for things and accomplished what I set out to do. And I'll kind of vaguely give you some history on that. But um, one of the things, so I had this comparison in my life. I knew what it was like the day I said, I'll do this thing, becoming a Christian, and the day after, and how like a switch switch changed. I'm like, how come I can't accomplish anything anymore? Literally, I could not get anything done. You're lazy. And so it didn't, there were these, and you're like, well, how can, how can, it can't be a coincidence that all these things are coming against me. I get a flat tire. Um, I get it fixed. I go down the road. The other tire goes flat. I go down the road. Someone hits me. Um, I go down the road further and the battery goes dead. It was crazy. And it literally started that day when I was driving down the road and said, I'll do this thing, becoming a Christian. I'd looked into all this other stuff. And I, I, we only had a wood stove in the house, this log cabin, um, about 20 miles from here. And I couldn't start the fire. I had a blowtorch at one point. I could not light anything on fire. It just wouldn't light. And then on the stove, there was a, a pot of water. And the stove wasn't on, but it was boiling. And that I just didn't know what to make of anything. Some bad juju. And then I got churches involved and stuff, and they had no answers for it. And then um, there was a, a time where it seemed like every time I got in a position where something good would happen. So I saw a pattern where God would send a blessing. And this is talked about in Scripture. He sends something, the enemy interferes with it. And it, I would start out in the blessing, and it would be stolen. It's the best way to describe it. It would be gone. And it was of no control of mine. And there was a pattern in this. Like... Um, it just went on and on and on. It, so I, there was a time where I, I um, was very young and I raced cars. And then that got, I was winning and that got pulled out from underneath me. I could never reestablish it. Um, anybody that came forward to try to help me with it, it, it didn't make a difference. It wasn't going to happen. Um, I worked for a company where I was in sales and at a very young age, project managing, massive projects. We were putting way over our heads, um, having to go before building departments and planning boards in Boston um, and selling two, three, four thousand dollar um, jobs. They were a subcontract job. Sold the biggest ones in the company and then wasn't getting paid for, for that work. And then before I knew it, making the right decision because the company was making the wrong decision, I found myself out of that job. Only to be brought up into another position where I said, okay, God, I'm going to um, do this the way you want it. It was absolutely a, a nothing position. It was like a low-level nothing in a big corporation. And within five years, it became the number one in the country, recognized in national trade magazines. And then I get sick and almost die at the place of business. 
And they circle the wagons to get rid of me because there's a much bigger problem for them. And that my Dicks. customers, which were upwards of 4000 a month, that weighed in a certain area in the facility, could have been harmed the same way I was. So two of the largest corporations in the world, Mobile Exxon and um, General Motors, came and circled the wagons with their corporate attorneys and just came at me hard for five years to the point where I ended up with losing the design of the department, which was, was worldwide at that, at this point, it was around the globe. Um, cause I didn't it's certainly big in the United States. Yeah, it was yeah. global, but in the United States that people would know what it was if I said yeah. what it was. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I probably shouldn't say global because I'm presuming they did that. That would be definitely the United States. Well, say North America North and America, actually sure. uh, actually Central America, too. Central America, too. Okay. So let's just give a hint. We won't say. No, I every, don't want to say. Every automotive dealership has one. Yeah. And we'll leave it at that. Yeah. And so. Sean invented that or put that, took that motion. from something, just a little spark idea and said, well, let's just do, let's just separate it from here. Let's just do this separate, like a standalone thing. Yeah. You did that. And I remember that. And then I didn't, I didn't contract with an attorney, and it wasn't my work product. But the difference in this case here is I saw that something was happening in my life and something was changing, and there was something coming against me I couldn't identify. And the churches couldn't tell me. Like if I – you know the old Chryslers or Dodges or Plymouths, they had the key that would only go in one way? Mm-hmm. It was directional key. Yeah, it was the upside-down key too. Yeah. yeah. So I could randomly pick – I did this. I'd randomly pick the key up without looking, put it in. It would be wrong every time. It's not possible. There's these weird things that I do, like be across the room and with my non-dominant arm and shoot a ball across, it end up in a bucket. And I do it over and over and over. It just, things didn't make sense. And then other things, you know, that sounds like it's not connected, but it is because the, the law of averages didn't apply to me anymore. But when I went to the, when I went in that, that last go around at that job where I invented that um, department, um, I went in and I said, okay, God, you walk me through this. And I told my customers, and I was a new believer, and I was going to church at that point, and I said to them, I'm just going where I'm directed on this. And I watched the thing blow up. And then I watched it. It was gone. I'm like, there's a pattern again. So many times there's these things that come in my life, and then they're just pulled away. When I was younger, I set um, um, records in basketball, and then one of the, the referees came up and said, you're never going to play again. Made sure I never played again. I just thought there was a pattern in this where something was opened up, I worked hard for it, and then I lost it. And that thing um, where I invented that company, and I almost lost my life. I, had, I got sick there because of something that had happened to some of the heating equipment, and I had a uh, five-year exposure to carbon monoxide and was left with a brain injury. And that's why sometimes on this program, even like tonight, um, if I'm tired, overtired, come off a headache, a migraine or something, I won't. I can't find words. Sometimes I struggle for words, and that's from then. And I wasn't even supposed to be able to do the things I do now. I was young enough at the time when it happened. There, I was. I was one of six people that read up in the um, in the medical journals. There was six. I wasn't even supposed to know about that. Who had um, chronic and acute carbon monoxide poisoning over a long period of time? There's a certain kind of a brain injury that results from that, and they took us as as the case subjects to to teach doctors case studies case studies and um so i I, and i i saw this occur and it kept happening and i was powerless and even to a degree today 
there are things that happen that I, I can't stop that weren't a part of my life that obviously are coming from something else. Uh, the other thing with that tragedy that I talked about earlier that started all this in the family. Is it raining that hard I think out it's there? it's raining. Yeah. Wow. It's raining crazy. men. Um, it literally touched the White House. <laughs> huh. and, and it just, it's been a, a, a massive um, undertaking. All just, I can say about that is that's something that we're not going to talk not about. We're not talking about that. We're not going to talk about it, but I've said this before. Sean and I have been friends since childhood. Sean's not that much younger than me. He's, no. he's only a couple years younger than me. Right. Really? Yep. Yeah. Our dads were were were, were friends. friends. They were friends. Yeah, real good friends. Uh, the original haunted garage before this haunted garage was known as the place where not only you could go and get gas. <laughs> Ron was there in the wheelchair, <laughs> <laughs> but you could get a lot of other things there. Yeah. Okay, so so that's what my dad was known for. Not only and that, jobs. not only that, you could go there. Let's say you were having a little financial trouble that month. You need a loan. And you could go there and get a, what we call a friendly short-term loan. You have to pay it back So, so not that that's what Sean's dad did at all. He, no, no. Sean's dad was a hard-working man, good guy. And I think at the time he had three little ones <laughs> and a wife. Yeah. And didn't he work night shift, if I remember right? It switched. But yeah, he had like he worked like a swing shift, right? Yeah. And I would see he'd ride his motorcycle into the shop, and he'd get out. And, and I mean, it would be like fucking mid-morning. <laughs> and he would just reach in, grab a beer. And I, and I think what it was was that, and that place was known for that. That was like a hangout place, like a... Like a social club. Yeah. It was actually like a social club because all the people that came in and out of that place, like they weren't there fucking doing car deals. Mm-hmm. So they so they would come in there, uh, have a drink, shoot the shit, talk to my dad about, you know, maybe something's going on that my father could help them out with or pick up some kilos. or somebody. No, no, nothing like that. So or <laughs> or something that my dad knew somebody that could take mm-hmm. care of your problem for you. It was just that kind of thing. Take care of your problem. <clears throat> but anyways, so so what Sean's family went through, we won't get into, ended up going to the highest levels yeah. of, it, cor- of corruption oh yeah. and power mm-hmm. and suppression. Uh, and, and, we, and we really, we really won't go into no. any more than that. And at one point, <clears throat> I may have shared this once before, but I was approached with a blank check for any amount of money I wanted. Yeah, you've told me about to go this. away, and that's a true story. You've told me yeah. about this yeah. thing. Okay. Probably not everything, but yeah. Yeah. you've told me yeah. a lot about it. So, so, and I don't regret those. Those were the right decisions to make. And I think if I had taken the money, I would have been owned in a way that I don't even want to know. I wouldn't be talking to you here now. I don't. Be, I think you'd be like matter, Kanye right now. It wouldn't have been illegal. <laughs> it wouldn't have been legal. In other words, it would have been off the books thing. It would have been. It would even though it was a legal situation that was occurring. That was, was a tax free offer. Yeah, and I, I don't think they'd be any different than you know a Hollywood elite or or someone who took money to someone. There's it comes with consequences. It comes with attachments. Mm-hmm. I believe. Um, but I think, but I think it's a blank check. So you could have put like a hundred billion dollars. Well, you know, within re- it, it would have been millions. It, they accepted it. And now knowing from the source, I understand how that could have been possible and how, they which would have been jump change for them, for them. It would yeah. have mattered. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's cool that you're kind of opening up a little bit, Sean. And, and then, uh, not only letting the listeners know, like where you come from, because everybody wants to know, you know, this person knows a lot of this and that. And then like when you and Buckley, you know, get into your little heated arguments, <laughs> discussions, 
And, and this is why you are so adamant about saying, listen, I lived it. I've lived it. So We've I know lived. it. So this I know it. it. You haven't lived what he's lived. I can tell you when that. He hasn't lived what I've lived. <laughs> and you haven't lived True. what I've lived, and I haven't True. lived what you lived. True, but I can tell you that I know what he's gone through. Well, so, none of you so, know what I've gone through. So the thing well, with Scripture, too, it talks about those of, of old age and wisdom because the kids don't have it, and they're not going to. And even with everything I went through to come to the point that I've come to, it was a constant it became my life for since that point forward. The stuff doesn't leave me. Research doesn't leave me. The understanding of good and evil doesn't leave me. You know, it's like all three of us. If you take, uh, like, true, like, Buckley, I don't know what you went through, but <clears throat> what I'm saying is we each take our, and, and this goes for everybody, but I'm just talking for us here because we have pretty interesting conversations, like, off the air. So we all take all these little occurrences that happened in our life, you know, and and every one of those had not, I don't want to say had meaning, but every one of those was, let's just say, part of the learning process. Definitely is. Sure. So, so, so when you get older, like, like, and they call that baggage, right? So, I mean, you can call it what you want. I say, I don't know. That's, that's just an old dog that knows that he don't want to make that mistake again. Right. Or put himself in that position again. Well, I've been in you know, I've been in situations where I've had people that I trusted. One of them I didn't know all that long, but I trusted him. I understood where he come from and everything. Where basically I did trust them with something that could have cost me and my family our lives, and I was like, okay, I'm in because I'm in over my head and I don't know what the right decision is. Mm-hmm. And I had to I had to believe that they they did, mm-hmm. and that's tough to be able to. You have to, so not only do you have to be able to unlearn things you, which I had to, you have to come to trust certain people that are legitimate because we don't all have the answers. There's people I still come in contact with. I'm like, wow, okay, I trust you. I'm going to take, and I'll take that truth and put it away as a puzzle piece mm-hmm. until it fits in the puzzle somewhere later on. Yeah, you know, we've got some scary pieces of the puzzle that Sean and I have been putting together for many years. How many years? Uh 35, 40, 40, probably I've known Sean for at least, well, (laughs) okay. So down to the old garage, I was, uh, 13 when we moved to this place. So I'm going to be 59 like next week. So do the math there. Right. And we were friends when you were in elementary school. Right. Because I was a couple years ahead of you. Yep. So, uh. You know, and you were, you know, and, and, and I like your brothers, you know, I just want to say this, but, but Sean and I have always had a fucking connection. Yeah. Always something. Even as kids, we would hang out together at the old garage and just fucking find something to do what as, is- as long as I pumped gas when the customers came in, my, our fathers did not care what we did. Well, I find ironic is, uh, so I'd show up at Ron's <laughs> shop, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, um, with something on my mind about what I was learning, trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. And then I'll never forget you, um, you. You keep telling me time and time and time again, I'm some kind of a warrior. I'm going to go to battle. I know this since I was a little kid, that there's a fight and I'm going to be on the front lines fighting. Oh, talking about me yeah. and you. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, yeah. This, this is it. Okay, so I've always said that. Yeah, you have. I've always said because my mother had that dream that time and she said, oh my God, I had a dream last night and now I know why you were born. And then I've always had these dreams where I'm going into battle, always going into battle. Yeah. And I have always thought that, because you know how some people are followers, 
some people are leaders. Yep. Like we're leaders. Like we just have that natural ability to lead and people gravitate to us so looking for answers. They look at us as as leaders, right? Here's another scripture. So we knew scripture that we were here yep. put here in this section of this town. Agreed. Which has got some sketchy shit going on in it, and I'm not making that up. Yeah. And I still say this town has some type of generational curse going on with it. Agreed. That possibly even my father was involved in. But but we've been putting together many pieces of puzzles, and every time something happens in this fucking state of New Hampshire, that's one more piece of that puzzle. And when it really started coming together is when they found Maxwell in Bradford. Oh. And that's enough on that. That topic. was a huge Ooh. piece of the puzzle because mm. Sean and I had already collected some little pieces of the puzzle of that area. Right. And we're like, oh my God. And we won't go any further on that. No. So so uh but it's but it's cool that you're, you know, letting people know, you know, why you think the way that you think and oh, why you're so it. adamant about yeah. sticking to your guns and, and that's So good. scripture says many have picked, few are chosen. And there's different, there are leaders and followers in this. And we have to understand that, especially, I've always been in putting leadership roles, and I know that's how I was built. And it, it's, people look at me in that way, and you are as well. Um, the followers are followers, and, and they, um, just how they were built in most cases. But they, and it may be harder or easier for them to come to these revelations. I don't know. I know they're willing to talk about it now, a lot of those that weren't in the past. Um and uh, it's just this platform you have here. It's it, it just amazing to me that this ends up. This answers so many questions in terms of the battle lines, the front lines. I mean, how many times I've told you I've tried to come here? I can't get here for the show mm-hmm. for various reasons, but it's just not happening. The things that would happen, flat occurrences, different no. things. But yeah, no, just weird stuff. Yeah. It was significant enough that. Uh, and I'll just share one more share one more thing here. So I don't have many dreams. Never have, and when I've had ones that were um, of God, I recognized they were different. Early on, the church didn't know what to make of it, and um, they proved their purpose over time and in, in the meaning to them. Um, some took a decade, and it wasn't something like this revelation every day. It was only once in a while. And I know when you two start describing your dreams, the way you present them, that's like a God dream. They get presented different, the way they're, you articulate them. The vivid ones. But this one was about, and it's interesting, What the, it was a demon that manifested in the physical, in the dream, and it threatened me. And mm-hmm. it, it'd be interesting of all the things that it could threaten me with, right? This is a long time ago. It says, if you come forward and tell people what you've been through. So basically, it's your testimony. And that's what the scripture talks about, your testimony, what you've been through, what you've lived. That's a testimony you tell. And uh, that's what it was more afraid of than anything else, is that I would be willing and stand up and tell the things I tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like me. That. Like like when Buckley, you know, when, when <laughs> Buckley and I were first talking about doing this show, <laughs> we were saying that. I still think that's funny. Oh, what's what's not, you know, what what's off balance? Fucking nothing. Yeah. Because I am not afraid to sit here and talk about things that people say are no-go zones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, really. I mean, of course, you know, I'm not really like a hater type of a person. Uh, if people get to know me, you know me. I'm a pretty decent guy. I'm a pretty helpful guy. I'm a pretty friendly guy, as long as that's what I'm getting reciprocated. 
And if I find out that you're gonna, you, you have some ulterior motive, or you're coming after me, or you're being fucking sneaky, <laughs> or you want to get into the door because you want to get information, like I pick them, I pick up on those people like really quick. <laughs> or when you come here because you're scoping out the place because you want to come and steal something, like I can pick that shit up like like really quick. But I will say, the instances of people coming here to steal things are nothing compared to some other places. And and I wonder if that's because that aura that I put off, like, dude, you don't want to be fucking caught here. Like, you don't want to be caught here, like, like in the middle of doing something. Or if you get away with it, you don't want me to find out that you took something here. Why not? And, and I and I think it's because it's it's not something I'm going to call the police on. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just going to get taken care of a different way. You on a pig farm, but, Ron? But uh, uh, actually, actually, we do now. Yes. Oh, you do? You oh, acquired yeah. a pig farm? We have two. Really? Where? Up there. I didn't know that. I thought I told you that. Yeah. Hmm. So so anyways, uh, not, you know, getting off track Look a little out. bit. Getting off track a little bit. But uh, but Sean and I, we have this feeling that we were put here. Now, we live pretty close to each other, like like probably a mile and a half from each other, maybe two max. And uh, But as the crow flies, it's, it's even shorter. But, uh, and we talk on this at length that, you know, there is some type of spiritual attack going on. And Sean and I both experience very similar things. Now, Sean, I'm going to show you a text message, and then we're going to share it with the listeners. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. No, this was a, this was a, a text message that I sent to my wife last night. When I was sitting in the living room, uh, what was the timestamp? Nine o'clock. Look at just that first part of the conversation. And tell me, what does that remind you of? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Happens to me, too. Okay, so, and this is something that we have talked about and Sean has had to deal with, and even recently, and and this is the second time that I've had this happen in the last month. I'm sitting on my couch, and it smells just like when you blow a match out. It's all free. Like, like you just lit a match, like to light a uh, candle or whatever. It wasn't the smell when you blow the candle out. That's a unique smell. That's a combination of wick, flame, and wax, right? This was sulfur, 100% sulfur. Mm. And it was strong. Hmm. Okay, we don't light anything with matches in my house. We don't even light anything in our house. If we're going to light a candle, which we don't really do that because I got the fake ones with the LEDs in them, we'll use one of them, the big things that you use for the grill, like the big lighter. Yes, the long one. Yeah. And, uh, and, and just to prove that I'm not making this up, I showed Sean the text matches that I sent to my wife at 9 o'clock last night when she was in bed. Did you just light something up there? Yeah, it's pretty. I said, I said, did you light something? She goes, what? I said, I smelt something like a burnt mash. She goes, nope, not me. I said, that's weird. The smell's gone now. That was like five minutes later the smell went. Mm-hmm. I got up and I looked through the whole fucking house because I have fire phobia. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do. I think I, re- I really do. I think I burnt up in a past life. Think of that. An electric panel burns. <laughs> no, and it wasn't electrical smelling, Buckley. It was sulfur smelling. Well, that's demons. That is demons. Here's a question. What about burnt plastic smell? 
so I've had that. We had that to a degree where it was like electrical plastic. All <clears throat> it was pretty. Where we didn't leave the house because we thought it was on fire. Because I had that going on in my house, and I didn't say anything recently. No, it wasn't that long ago, like a, a week or two ago. Yep. Mm. And I didn't say I didn't say anything because I had all. that about a month ago. I didn't say anything at all, and then like. A little bit later, my girlfriend was like, Dave, did you smell like burning plastic in the basement? Yep. Or anything like that. And I was just like, So, yeah. <laughs> some of the questions I had when this stuff started happening, again, I went to scripture to find out when things really ramped up. And it, there was this scripture where it talks about a demon who manifested himself um, through a person and attacked this guy. And. He had something, said something to the effect that, well, who are you? Jesus I know and Peter I know, but who are you? He wasn't on their radar. This this angelic, this demonic realm, you can be brought on their radar is what I'm saying. I was brought on their radar a long time ago. Now, some of this stuff that goes on in my house and other stuff, some of it, I would say probably most of it, there is a person behind it. There is a physical person behind what's going on. Now, whether it be local or someone higher up, because I did some deep dives into the um, demonic realm and, and folks used to be into Satanism and stuff, and they would be given maps to project curses over certain regions and so forth. But I recommend locally, I, I touched the topic on the witch covens and stuff. They're more powerful than people realize. And you can be singled out, and they will do stuff directed towards you. And that's kind of how this works um, in the physical realm, and that's where the battle is. Mostly is the physical realm that... They're working through their witchcraft to get their agenda across in various ways and affect the people that are direct that they direct the witchcraft towards. Um, I mean, you got some, the stuff that the voodoo and stuff. There's a couple people I've crossed paths with that have new people. Voodoo's that, just witchcraft. It's witchcraft, yeah. and it's a dark witchcraft. It's very powerful. They are all freaked. They don't even want to talk about it. What about so, hoodoo? 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 Isn't that like an app or something? No. <laughs> It's like black magic. Oh, oh well, is this something different, similar to voodoo then? So whatever, and, and guys. It's not, whatever. So and, okay, I just went in with um, with regards to that. Just that. Um, so you're saying I'm convinced that just being a part of this, all of us, the stuff that we're all going to share now, stuff that's going to come at us because we're part of what this is, and this no. is a front line part of the battle. Come uh, at you, me, bro. Uh, yeah, you, you think until things start happening and you you like you throw your hands, there's nothing you can do to stop them. Literally, your mm. life starts falling apart. You can. Yeah, I think it all depends on uh, how yeah. strong you are. I, I think, think your innards. I think with my family lineage, I might have a little bit more power. I do remember my mother telling me one time when I was a kid, she said, don't worry about the evil spirits because because you have more power than them. Why would my mother say that? <laughs> It's not. No, it's not funny. I, no, no. no I get if it. you've seen the things How that we were you when you said this, said probably fourteen or fifteen. Okay, like yeah. it's a little funny. Yeah, but no. if my well, mom said that to me, I'd be like, it's not funny. But your family doesn't have my family history. <laughs> Even though it was all those years ago, I remember my life before and after I made that decision, and it wasn't like witchcraft coming directly against me down the road. But there was some demonic forces that came at me, but. That changed. The stuff that I'm talking about that's coming at us from people, some people we may even know, um, is powerful. And I, I, if there's a way to get out from any, I'd like to know, because they have a free will to do it. It's no different than getting out there and saying, I'm going to take my car and run them down. They have a free will to do it. 
Yeah, well, we'll just have to outpower them. That's all. No, I agree. I agree. So, oh, so, one more thing I was talking about that. There's only one more no, thing. but I'm serious. Yeah. So in Scripture, it talks about this time. I think, and we've got it narrowed down to who they are. Pretty much. Oh, Jesus. It says it's this time, which I think oh, the Jesus. end days. And, and there's, some, there's a power we haven't seen revealed yet, supernatural power. So the Hebrews had that in various ways when they shouted walls down and enemies' structures and stuff. And it says, greater will you do. Jesus said this. Greater will you do than I did. Now, he raised from the dead, all sorts of blind eyes see and all that, um, because you have a Holy Spirit, and I sit on the right hand of God. So he's in the, the courtroom next to God, working as an adversary. Holy Spirit is what I'm talking about that exists. And I don't know exactly how the whole thing functions stuff yet. I know there's a revelation that's coming soon to believers about that, and that's going to be your empowerment, supernatural empowerment. That's just going to overwhelm all, because that's, that's the pattern of Scripture. Um, all of them going to get knocked right off their thrones. Do you think we're close to that time? Close, not like tomorrow, not like next week, but I'm thinking within a couple of years. Yeah, because because what's because I have that feeling too. Because I I wake up in the morning and, and I just I feel different. Mm. Like I feel different. Uh, like even during the day, like like things that used to matter to me don't matter to me anymore. Oh, things are about perspective. Be, because because yeah. it's 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 exactly that. So I take in it's all perspective, and and what is prioritizing. Like, I am not as sharp at what I do here as I used to be. Focused. Oh, well, okay, so that's a good word for it. Because. Distracted on the other side? Well, it's not a distraction. It's a priority. Yeah. Because I know something is coming. Yep. I don't know exactly what or how it's going to manifest itself, but something is coming. Yep. And, and And I think that we are, with our downloads that we get, at night or whatever, or whatever just could be just driving down the road. Yeah. And I'm 100% serious when I say that mm-hmm. all this stuff is like, is, and even like the stuff that we're learning about that we talk about to the listeners, there's a reason why we're doing that. Like, mm-hmm. because that was been nothing like 10 years ago. I wouldn't even like five years ago. Right. right. I mean, I was always into like quote unquote conspiracy theories and, Bigfoot and you know ghosts and all that. I've always been into that. But the world changed for you. <laughs> but something changed, right. and it wasn't a switch overnight. It was it was a slow change. That's interesting. Like mine, like mine like over switch. like a over. Oh really? Overnight. Yeah. So mine was an overnight. Yeah. I wonder. So you're talking about the slow thing. I think that's <clears throat> what's happening out there. <clears throat> yep. It, for mine, the most part, it's just like you said. You <clears throat> mine was like right when COVID happened. Like, when that shit started going down, like, the government started putting out papers to lock down and close businesses and stuff. Like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on at all, but I knew something was up. So you're a cross-section of probably majority of society. I No, I, like, I knew whatever was going on was, like, was, like, horseshit. Yep. And I knew that there was something else behind it, and I knew that people were getting too scared and too crazy about it. Hmm. I just knew that, and then I just slowly started, like talk to people and look stuff and look into things and like talk to my brother who knew more than me and, and then yeah Kellen's pretty sharp on snowballed. his stuff yeah oh yeah he's yeah he's, he's a good troll too so <laughs> so but but yeah so you remember Buckley when we started this show which is well over a year and a half ago now which was kind of weird too we went hard on all that stuff oh yeah you have yeah. to yeah, we were, I mean, we've kind of, and I won't say that we've stepped away 100% because we still talk about that stuff, but we talk about now the things that we're figuring out 
as the ruling class behind what the whole COVID agenda was about, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so we're taking what, what the COVID agenda, when we started out, all it was was a virus is coming from China, it's coming to the United States, everybody's going to get sick and die. Uh, you got to stay vaccine, home, yeah. you got to do this, you got to shut down, you can't do that, can't go grocery shopping, kids can't go to school. So we took that, and then we're thinking, like you say, like Buckley, it was a switch for you. So now we're thinking, okay, what the fuck is going on here? Right. And that's when we started opening up the doors, and like Sean says, putting the pieces of the puzzle together, one piece at a time. And I think that we're doing a pretty good job of it. Like, even like how we talked about, you know, like uh, we did a show on the Rockefeller educational system and the medical system. Okay, so that all springs from Saul Alinsky's Rules from Radicals, which which came way after that, because this Rockefeller thing goes back a hundred and something years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So so I mean when they knew that they needed to start indoctrinating the kids early in school, brainwash them a certain way, which we're all victims of, and then and then we're going to brainwash them as they get older with the medical system. Because once we get them installed into the medical system and paying the insurance for health care, now we've got them by the balls because now they're slaves. Because what's the one thing you think about every month? Oh, shit, I got to make my health insurance payment. Oh, shit, I got to pay this. Oh, shit, I got to pay that. You know what I mean? It, it's literally on the fucking, we are, we're, we're free slaves is what we I, are. I listened to this guy explain something about <laughs> free how, slaves is a good. Well, no, I, like I, I mean, really like, like no, we, I know, I know. we have the illusion that we're free, but in actuality right. we are not. So, so think about no, this. We work for the same thing that slaves work for. Yeah. Right. Food, housing. We the yeah. And yeah. Some, I a find that comfort. ironic that the, the, the blacks, not as a whole, but the leadership of the blacks, because it's, it's not representative of, of the black people in this country they want reparations and stuff but for something that happened for a few years we as whites have been enslaved for a lifetime mm-hmm. our taxes have paid for all their programs yeah their housing in some cases and well and well, so well taxation is slavery there's no way you can slavery yeah it's, it's absolutely slavery this guy had gone let me just touch on this here it was interesting he had gone to detail about one of the things that was happening to folks they were melting down when it came to the jab and stuff and the one determining factor that was contributing to their meltdown, even on becoming awake to truth on these different topics, was their level of indebtedness. So the more indebted they were, there was the more enslaved to that they were, the way they felt about their indebtedness. It was constant, literally all waking hours. It never leaves their thought process, and they're under stress because of it. And so when you started, what was happening when you started bringing up something like the cabal or the Jews and, and the Nazis or one, all this, whatever it was that they, they, they couldn't, it, what was kicking in was they were overwhelmed by their financial situation, which caused them to shut down on that. You would think the two wouldn't be connected, but it is. It's because they're on overload and they can't take the information in and then go and digest it and may decompress and step away for a couple of weeks like I would do. They immediately overwhelmed, had to shut it down. And in the background, it was their, their level of indebtedness. So all the decisions they were making throughout the day to how much gas they put in their car to, you know, what apps they bought or what they bought, paying bills, it didn't matter. It, it, it's all weighing on their 24-7. It's just always and on their And it does. And, and that's part of the programming, that indebtedness, because they know we're inclined to follow because of that. And it's not something that I was aware of. Hey, it's even shit that I go through. We all go through it. 
For sure. It's it's like it's like, you know, this person say, Oh, my light bill's two hundred dollars a month. Dude, I wish I had a two hundred dollar a month light bill. Right. Because I'm paying double utilities. I pay them at the haunted garage, I pay them at my house. Yeah. You know, I have we have really high property tax here in, in this state. And I'm not singling out my town because as as towns go, ours is relatively reasonable. But it's still way more than it should ever be, right? Yeah. And and now they're talking uh that school enrollment in the state of New Hampshire is way down, but did our taxes go down? Because 64% of our taxes go to pay for schools. So what I'm saying, uh, people, and I don't think it's people just telling the kids we're going to homeschool you. I mean, I'm sure there's probably, you know, a percentage of that. People are losing faith in the education system. It's less kids, Buckley. Oh, well, that too. It's less kids. They've said that. In the state of New Hampshire, the birth rate has gone down, and it's gone down now. with my friends. And, and where is it going to be going forward when this jab agenda starts airing? And when now they're trying to come up with every different way they can force you to make sure that your kids are vaccinated. Like, like they're, they're pushing it. It was approved to give to six-month-olds. I'll tell you what. I don't have any little kids. Well, I have a young adolescent kid but they wouldn't be getting any shots like for fucking nothing you know we would take our chances and if something happened well then something happened we'll get it figured out but when you get down to the anxieties that you have that you don't even think about like here it is december december's property tax time in in this state people the the fucking property tax comes out right at christmas yeah so then you got the stress of Christmas and trying to keep everybody happy, which I have given up on. And, you know, I haven't, you know, the house is decorated. It looks nice. We have a nice Christmas. We have a nice day. It's, it's all good. But I'm saying a lot of people are fucking stressed out. And now we're going into winter. Groceries are stupid money. So that's costing people more money. It's costing them more money to fuel their vehicles so they can even go to work to make money, which is just a freaking catch 22 right there. Right. And and it what are, and what are wrong. we looking at? Heat bills. It's all a, a catch twenty two. Yeah, it is because I mean Going it's like to work. It's just catch like 22. it's just like me. If I pay a big bill, I might have a bill for, you know, one of my suppliers. My bill's three grand. Okay, cool. Well, that's all paid. You go to work to pay bills to corporations. Yeah, and then and then the next thing you know, you get an email. Oh, this bill's due in ten days. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? It, it is an endless cycle. And I have actually sat down and thought about this. If I just stopped working, no, no, hear me out. If I just stopped working, I wouldn't have a material bill. I wouldn't have a parts bill. I could take one of the 50 valuable cars that are here. And I could, you know, I mean, I have enough money to pay my guys to help me for, you know, a a while. All right, we're going to do this old truck over and we're going to make it really cool. Then we're going to sell it. (laughs) And then we're going to bring this car in. We're going to do that. And then guess what? We're going to sell it. And then we're going to do like 10 cars. And if all of them don't sell, then that's fine. But if, say, seven of the 10 sell, dude, we're in the fucking money. So so, so that's, you know, because I'm not, I mean, you guys know me. I don't blow money. You know, I have to make a fair amount of money just to cover my bills. Right? I mean, but I don't drive an exorbitant car. You know, I mean, yes, my wife has a nice vehicle, but yeah, I mean, I still got my old Mountaineer. I mean, I have, I have some nice cars. I have some really nice cars, but you're not going to drive those in the fucking winter in New Hampshire. 
But but the thing is, it all goes back to what you talked about with the anxieties that people have. And then when you throw this stuff at them, it's it's overwhelming, it's, it's overwhelming for them, and I yep. get that. Yeah, well, but, no one has enough time either yeah. to like well, pay attention. Yep. Well, I will say, because uh, it's like you got to work, you get home. If you have kids, you got to do that. Well, if the cool you thing kids, is, you, you can listen to podcasts now with the the ear pods and stuff. Yeah, right? okay. So a majority of our listeners, I've been getting a lot of feedback lately. Oh, I built my whole chicken coop while I was listening to the Wicked Planet. I listened to like five episodes, and now my chicken coop is done. <laughs> or, or like, oh yeah, when I'm working, it was just like our buddy Ricky. Who come up and visit us this year? Ricky Weld, you sexy animal. You know what I mean? He's like he's like an armed guard. Yeah. And he listens to podcasts. Now I mean, he doesn't listen to just us. He listens to some of our other friends' podcasts too. But I mean, avid listener. Yeah. And judging by the downloads that we're getting now, more people are listening. So people are either finding it by accident or people are learning about it. And then I found out that some people in town here. Uh oh. Have be Ooh. have become like minded. Really, <laughs> have been listening to the show. Ooh. Now we don't. It's not locally known. This show is not locally known, and and that's no, by, it isn't. It's more, and that's by design out of the state. Than it is <laughs> but locally. but these people are finding out about it, which Some I find people know. I find to be kind of funny. That's, I had a friend who I didn't think listened to this podcast at all. <laughs> I hadn't seen her in probably, I don't know. Nine months or something like that. She's like, we were at a little party fire thing. She's like, oh, yeah. I was like, listen to one of your podcasts. I was like, really? I didn't think you would listen to it. And she's like, yeah. What was it? The uh, the two vaginas. <laughs> Dose vaginas. <laughs> Dose vaginas. Vaginas, I think it was. But yeah. it was funny. Uh, yeah, so well, it's just, changing it's just kind of it's just kind of interesting uh, who's listening to the show. Uh, I ran into a kid the other day who is mid-20s. Listens every week. No kidding. Listens every week. Yeah. Nice. Interesting. Yeah. Keep listening, so, I guess. So, so anyway, oh, so we touched a little bit on the John Birch Society. I uh, kind of wanted to tie in uh, kind of with the devolution thing a little bit. Now, the devolution thing is something that we are going to be revisiting. There's a lot more to that. There is yep. so much to the devolution thing. We we believe it warrants discussion. And, and, and hopefully you people like that. You but, people. But why? Well, you know, the listeners. So, oh so the God, one thing bro. that I like about the John Birch Society uh, and how it ties into the Trump. So so there's so there's people now uh, that say that uh, Birch Bircherism is basically Trumpism or Trumpism. They would have said you're a Bircher. Trumpism. What about your Birch? You is, Birch? is essentially Bircherism, <laughs> which is from the John Birch Society. Very interesting subject. I'm going to look into it a little bit more. I'm going to look into the John Birch Society a little more. The closest chapter they have is in Maine. Apparently, they don't have one in New Hampshire. Hmm. But uh, but they, you know, is it real or is it a psyop? This is the, some of the questions. I think it started out real, became fucking controlled. That's very possible. That's right. And I, and I think we're going to look into it a little bit more. And we're going to revisit it. But I thought it was fair to give, because we're always beaten up on the left. So I thought yeah. it might be a good time for us to yeah, maybe beat up on the right a little bit. But I think we should beat it, yeah. up on the right more because there's plenty to beat up on oh the right Oh, my God, more yes. Yeah. Give the listeners plenty. something yeah. to educate themselves yeah. on because you, you got to be able to – listen, we're here and, and we're telling our stories. They're, they've got stories to tell to people around the family and friends. It doesn't stop with your program. 
That's the whole thing about Ecclesia. It keeps growing and mm-hmm. growing and growing. Ecclesia. I feel but, like I'm learning a lot of big words tonight. So Ecclesia is basically, it's Definitely it's sure. what the true Ecclesia. meaning of church is. This is church. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So, I should have known. So we are, we, are, we are not prophesizing. We are, we no. are preaching, basically. No, teachers. teachers. Te- teaching. Yeah, yeah, teaching, not yeah. preaching. What, what the apostles did, they don't tell you, they think they went to a built churches. They didn't. They just went around to little communities, sow seed with them on truths and they went off and traveled around till a year or so later they came back and see what they had done with what they had sowed with them mm-hmm. and i think we should start a wicked planet cult we probably already have one and like get some nice hood some hoods robes and some wicked planet nikes some candles <laughs> and some wicked planet sacrificial candles all right guys let's wrap this up nice. sean you got any final words you got anything uh that you want to hit on real quick no just that um so we're gonna go deeper into the devolution thing and still there's a lot of information to go over with babylon and beyond um that's, well devolution is part of that it figures into it devolution is almost the end game it is and, to babylon and beyond and we told them we we're going to go forward and backwards in this yeah. and jump around and we've done that with genesis even tonight and then we've gone to revelation back and forth but mm. yeah it's it's just um there's a lot more to come it, it there's endless amount of information to convey and as long as sean stays healthy <clears throat> he'll be here for the show Let's uh, like take him out. <laughs> well, we actually, Sean and I were talking about because he has a lot of time during the day, like this time of year. If he wanted to come up and we can record just little segments that we can inject into the show, that would be There's cool. There's one that, yeah, yeah that when we cool. keep talking yeah. about the music thing, I want to do that because that's, that, cause that's yeah. fascinating. And it's stuff that's unfolding right now, which is yeah. very interesting. Yes, yes, the music industry. Yeah, yeah, very good. Buckley, what do you got for final words? Oh, geez. Oh. You're at a loss for words. No, I'm Buckley. never. I'm never at a loss for words. Lugged stones all last week for 20 miles. <laughs> Hiked a mountain on Sunday. I saw that. That was cool. Five and a half, five six point six miles. You're going to start wasting away to nothing. For the last two days, I was cutting down trees and hauling brush. And that sucks. I like it. Hauling brush sucks. I like it. Dropping well, maybe, trees is fun, though. Well, maybe Chainsaw this time shit. of year. <laughs> yeah, this time of year, probably not so bad when you're doing it in the summer and the trees are leaking. Yeah. Oh, that's nasty. Sucks. But I do yeah. have to say, this is hilarious, I think. Have you heard of the Liver King? This is kind of mainstream shit. Yeah. So he's this dude. He's like some jacked fucking dude. He's got a beard. He always has his shirt off. Supposed to be all natural. He's supposed to be all natural. He's this primitive guy. He came up with like these nine ancestral tenets that you're supposed to live by daily. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. He's always saying like he's always eating liver. He's always eating fucking kidneys. He's always eating all that shit. All this gross fucking shit. All the organs. People are always like, so like he's jacked. Fucking Jack. You like, you're not on steroids or anything. No, no, 100% completely natural. I follow the ancestral tenets, blah, blah, blah. I fucking, I work out really hard, like, you know, harder than anyone ever, blah, 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 blah. He's been on a bunch of podcasts saying the same thing, whatever. <laughs> Emails were leaked. Fucking oh, guy no. spends 12000 11000 to $12,000 a month. What? On growth hormones and fucking steroids, and has clinical uh, like ho- uh, hormone growth clinicians like that work for him. Wow! Fucking so he's bi- he's biohacking. He's biohacking. One thing it's fucking hilarious. I think because uh, yeah, he got called out. Big he, time. Got, wow. he got called out, and it just shows like how much of a fuck he is, and how big of a scam it is, and whatever. And 
the other thing is that it's kind of fucking sad because he was promoting a lot of good things about mental health and like suicide and uh, all this shit. But still, it's like his whole thing was all natural. It was a lie. And it was just like completely bullshit. I mean, 11000 to $12,000 a month on steroids. Buckley, that's like 120 grand a year. That's, that's over a hundred. I mean, the guy's rich, granted, but it's just, yeah. But how did he get rich? Probably off by his push, pushing a false narrative. Right. And, he yeah. se- and he sells fucking a- like uh, he sells like uh, health supplements, protein yeah. powders, all this shit. And it's like, dude, I don't know, man. If you do something like that, I feel like your your fucking brand and your message is a fraud, and you are a fraud, and you're fucked. Also, yeah. you know, because I was a bodybuilder for a long time, and. Um, I used to get accused of taking them because I got that big, yep. and um, but you can't. What you're talking about when you, when you do it and you've done it long enough, those guys they can say whatever they want. You have to just look at them. You know, you can only go so far. Right. You, you can only get so much mass right. in, in a body without a little help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah, that was big news this week. Uh, uh, Emails were leaked. Did I say that? Yeah. By somebody. I don't know. Who. Yeah. Yeah. No. Somebody. Somebody probably was tired of him being an asshole, and they said, "You know what? Fuck you." But to think, yeah, fuck it, him. to think yeah, he could have yeah. got away with it is crazy because well, so many then, people knew about it. Right? Then he puts out this fucking bullshit like apology yeah. like video on YouTube Ass covering, and he's like, "Well, you know, I know I said I wasn't <laughs> taking steroids, but even though I am taking twelve k worth of steroids a month." Wow. Like, like it's I, like message, it's nothing. Like I really did the message for you know to 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 promote like suicide and depression and anxiety awareness and mental health awareness. It's like you fuck. Yeah, but those will mess with your brain and like you're a give fuck. you depression and everything. You're gonna else. try and guys. You're gonna guise your steroid use and try it's to crazy. mask it with fucking mental health issues and suicide issues and say that that was like. Why you and how many people that take massive amount of steroids lied? later in life their body just fucking disintegrates? Oh, it's not good. Yeah. Don't fucking lie. Just be like, yeah, I was, I'm on steroids. Yeah. Oh right. yeah, no, I juice. I juice. You think no I could? Time, but you think I could look like this without juicing? Well, there are plenty of fucking people that are just like, yeah, I'm on steroids and fucking yeah. lift. It's like, okay, whatever. Well, All I right. knew those people you too. But you, as long bro. as they said so, but the ones trying to hide it. Oh yeah, no, he was all natural. That's that's the problem, right? And the he's selling all the ancestral tenants, Ron. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, one other thing I want to touch on real quick, and then we're gonna get out of here. On September tenth, two thousand and one, Jesus, Donald Rumsfeld come out and he did this really quick speech saying how the Pentagon uh, lost two point three trillion dollars they couldn't account for it. Uh-oh. What happened the next day? 9-11. 9-11 happened. Boom. Terrorism, baby. A couple weeks ago, Pentagon comes out again. Oh, we got $2 trillion missing. Boom. And, and by the way, that... What's coming next? That airplane or missile that went to the Pentagon hit those records. Oh, the yeah. Record department. Yeah, that's why they took that section of the Pentagon out. out. Was yeah. it a direct hit, It Sean? was a direct hit. It sunk the battleship. It was a direct hit to the area where the, all the records were there for the audit. Now... Since 2001, the Pentagon has not passed an audit. <laughs> and, they, and you know what they say? Well, we didn't get an A, but we didn't flunk either. Okay, if you don't know where $2 trillion is, okay, that's more than the budget for the whole country. So look up, look upon the earth. Do you see millions of trillions of dollars worth of infrastructure? You don't. It's going down. 
It's Ooh. going under. Don't say another word. Because <laughs> we're going to talk about that next week. Dum, okay, dum, Sean almost dum, spilt the beans dums. for next week. We got something really kind of interesting for you. Uh, think about... Remember when they were kept saying, watch the water, and the story was the snake venom in the water? No, when Q said, watch the water. Watch it disappear. <laughs> it's disappearing, right? Where the fuck is it going? They're draining it. You got a week to think about it. We'll see you next Wednesday. You know where to, actually, Thursday, sorry. You know where to find us, Ron from New England and the Wicked Planet Podcast on Instagram. Buckley, what do you got? Oh, no. I was just. Like, oh, trying to. I was to, like doing like an doing air. Doing the wrap it up thing. Like an air whip. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, if you want to yeah. e- you want to email us, you can email us at the Wicked Planet Podcast at gmail.com. I did get an interesting email the other day. I responded to the guy, got hit, got all that straightened out. Ooh, was it nice? Uh, No, he was getting on our shit about talking about Walmart too much in an early episode on simulation theory. The fuck are you going to do about Walmart, huh? And it was one of our very, very early episodes, like over a year and a half ago. What's he going to do? He said, well, if you guys are going to talk about Walmart, you should have had that in the title. Fuck Walmart. So so in the, the I had to go back because I wasn't sure which one he was talking about. So I found it in the show notes. It said, we're going to talk about Walmart and FEMA connection. There you go. So so I emailed him back very nicely. I said, thank you for the critique. That was a very epi- early episode. And we were talking about Walmart and how FEMA was possibly going to use uh, Walmart as a staging area for the FEMA camps. And you got to remember, that was an early episode. Maybe listen to some newer episodes and see if you like them more. I said. Don't listen at all. I said, I said but. I will tell you that that episode that you're giving me a hard time about, that was our first breakout episode. I'll fight you. That was one of our first, Whoever you our are. number one first breakout episode where we doubled our listeners from the week before on that episode. And ever since we've, we've broken out even more since then. So anyways, come on telegram, check us out. We can play a podcast chat. I don't think we have anything else to cover. All the shit will be in the show notes. We're going to throw you some devolution stuff. Sean's got me some links. If you want to kind of research that a little bit, you want to go on newstreason.com. We'll drop a link in the show notes so you can go check out. If you want to do a little homework on this whole devolution thing that we're covering, maybe you might want to do that. That's like listening to the record before you go to the concert. So check it out. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Ron from New England, signing off. Buckley, out. <laughs>